fabulous. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's March 4th, 2010. Time for your Gibbo Nation Media Assassination Episode 179er. This is No Agenda. Exposing an international cabal of douchebags and coming to you from the 17th century Canal House Crackpot Command Center in Gibbo Nation Lowlands in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, under siege of the United States of Europe. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley here in the middle of uh, Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Um, perhaps we should not do hit it so quickly, so we should, we can prepare our opening statements. <laughs> You're the one that the Valkyrie song is longer than that. Yeah, no, but I thought you were ready. Look, it's already nine oh nine, nine or oh nine or in the morning, yes. in the morning to you, John. And in the morning, I would say. By the way, last week Shaw was listening to it, yeah, or at least the first couple of minutes, and the, the delay was so bad. I know it really was. It wouldn't be a bad thing to cut you know, a little bit once in a while. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. You know. It doesn't matter because we're just out of sync in that case. And it's amazing because now, you know, I'm at the 17th century canal house in the Gibbon Nation lowlands. You sound fantastic. The stream is pumping out at 64 kilobits. And, uh, and I'll knock on wood. Why do you think that is? Why does it, why, why when you're, especially when you're in San Francisco, which I can actually look out the window and if I had a slingshot, I could probably <laughs> poke you in the head with it. With a, with a, I don't, with I a, don't know what it is. And you know, I do have, I have, um, so you got Time Warner cable, the Roadrunner meet me service, and I have 12 megabits down. I've got one megabit up. So it has nothing to do with, with the megabitage. So it must be uh, package shaping or something like that, which I don't think they're doing here. It's got to be something like that. I can't think of anything else because, you know, I, I have bandwidth meters. I've got, you know, pings going on to make sure the stuff doesn't go down. I mean, I'm looking at everything and I'm on an, an Apple Airport Express modem or um, router here. So it's not like anything special, you know. The the I think it's. Cosmically, you're being told to stay in Europe. <laughs> I'm, it's better for the show, you know. I'm being told to shut up, slave. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like your cosmic uh, deduction. I don't want to stay in Europe. It is really bad here. Besides the it being, infrastructure is so much better. Yeah, besides it being colder than the proverbial witch's tit, it's unbelievable. Well, you know, you could go down the street. And uh, say hi to one of our new knights. What are we? Are we knighting someone today? We're knighting two people. I thought we were only doing that on Sundays. I decided to uh, <laughs> because. Be- oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! You made an executive decision without me. I, I decided that because we forgot to knight somebody who was the missing knight who showed up, uh-huh. that we can't just keep putting him off. Okay. So since he was going to be knighted anyway, and we have a new knight who has a long-winded email uh, and apparently became a knight because he was just to prove he's not a douchebag. And, and by the way, I will have to uh, – for anybody in uh, – and actually also Paul T. Uh, there's a couple – just to give Paul T. some ideas for his art as we do this show. We're going to probably be talking about douchebags too much because it seems that this has become a major meme oh, amongst boy. our listeners. Well, there goes all the fun of it. And uh, and uh, we're probably going to talk. I would guess we're going to talk about uh, the earthquake in uh, Taiwan. Plus, yeah, you uh, think? 
And I got a couple uh, other they, things. They <laughs> I got a few more. Well, I forgot to send. Normally, I send him. A, or I'm going to start sending him a note beforehand, so we, we get some his art. Which, by the way, people out there should pay careful attention and, to. You know, and and we've lost touch with um, who was our other uh, artwork? Our producer? other artist. Oh, yeah, so we bad. have I'm so to bad at names. With guys. Yeah, we really do. Uh, why don't we okay. do the executive producers, and we'll take it all the way through the night, who is just to get it all rolling. All right. Well, let's do one of the one of the executive producers is obviously going to be one of the nights. Mm-hmm. So we have two executive producers this week. Uh, Knight Rene Schwartz S W E R T Z from Har- Harlem, 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 Harlem. Yeah, not far away. Right. So he's one, R-E-N-E-S-W-E-R-T-Z, and I'm assuming Renee, of course, is a male name in Holland. Yes. Uh, it could be both, but I'm just going to presume he's, uh, he's going to be a sh- sir and not audience, a lady. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, although we have more of the women listeners than a tech show would. Which is good news. Yeah, it is about time. <laughs> we should do a show on fashion, just have old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I saw this... Um, this documentary called The September Issue. Have you ever heard of this? It's about uh, Anna Wintour. I saw that documentary. It's fantastic. It's awesome. It's and fantastic. Th- that woman runs the entire fashion industry. You know, and the funny thing is, you know, the uh, that, that Condé Nast, and, and that book, by the way, that September Issue is like a thousand pages. It and they put a lot of money into it, and they have a huge budget, and a magazine with a big budget that does very well. It's a very well-produced product. One of the greatest magazines in it the is. world. I agree. I and agree. so they, they so Condé Nast sells out to this, this these schlockmeisters. And, uh, Who's that? Who would they sell out to? Advance. So Advance is not, you know, these are one of these publishing, there's a bunch of these publishing companies that are second tier and third tier, and they, uh, they, because of the way the economics are today, they, they, they've leveraged into buying all these expensive operations right. that they really can't afford to run because they're schlockmeisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when, uh, when Cardinal Publishing, one of these types of businesses, um, I just a friend of mine down the street. He was the executive editor of uh, Electronic Musician Cardinal. Bought them out. He says, "Yeah, Cardinal Publishing. You know their motto: cheap, cheap." <laughs> Got it. So anyway, so Advance buys them, and immediately they start cutting the budgets, and they start cutting the budget of Wind Tower. And I just can't imagine what's going on over there because she is not going to put up with this, and she's going to walk. The magazine's going to be screwed. Anyway, was, uh, so well, that's our that's our uh, Adam and John C. Dvorak fashion moment for the ladies amongst us. Fabulous! <laughs> We've done very well, haven't we? <laughs> All right, let's move okay, on okay. with our second executive producer, Adam Miller. $333.33. We've allowed that anyone gives that amount of money to become executive producer, no matter what. And if they get, if you donate it three times, we kick in the extra penny for the knighthood. Yep, and he's from Perryville, Missouri. Missouri. That's right. That's how you got to pronounce it. That's correct. How about associate executive producers? Anyone? Yeah, we got a couple. Okay. Uh, although I'm looking at my rundown list here. Uh, we got S- Steven. And I have to go to the notes because they're separate. <sighs> you know, you, cu- you show up late. You give me some song and dance about your I- ink. The ink? Yeah, this is the problem. I can barely read this thing. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> say fabulous again. <laughs> fabulous. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> Let me yeah, just m- use it at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah, perfect. I do. I do one of the better ones. I, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I know what to say. <laughs> Here it is. 
Okay, uh, Stephen. It's Stephen. I have to go back to these notes because he he puts his pronunciation in there because it's G U E R R E R I, which you'd pronounce. Wait a minute, G U E R R E R I, and it's Stephen S T E P H E N. Oh, Stephen. Yeah. Okay. Which is usually pronounced Stephen here in this U.S. Gary. Gary. I would say Gary. 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 I would have pronounced it Gary, but okay. So he gave us two hundred bucks, and and he has a note. Love the show. We'd like to see you guys keep it going. I'm also trying to earn extra money so I can quit my day job. Please mention my website. He has a thing called, which is curious because I have a column called Inside Track, but he has a product called Inside Track, and his product is N, and the website is N S I D E Track, like Inside Track without the I dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, and great. it's a it's a it's a system to to uh, to uh, code your laptop in such a way that if it gets stolen, it could be it could be tracked down. Oh, and then the uh, the headmaster can also look at uh, the pills you're popping through the webcam. <laughs> yeah, cool if system. If you're lucky. <laughs> Let's see. Right. And Stephen Stephen Guerrero, right? Yeah, and uh, move it along here, John. That's that's it. Oh, okay. I thought I had two, but I only have one that I can okay, find. Okay, the, before we get to the knighthoods, then, I have a couple of uh, PR associates, quick ones. Oh, good. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Um, this is Lee Brown. Uh, hey, Adam and John, please find attached clips of promotion I've been doing on a weekly student radio show all across Gitmo Nation, East United Kingdom. I was hoping to be able to do several more and sending them all at once, but due to situations out of my control, i.e. the government mucked up my student loan so I'll be coming homeless on Friday and won't have an internet connection, I thought I would send what I have so far. When I get some more, a place to live and web access, I'll be joining you again. So hopefully you can still... uh he can still hear uh, his uh, his little ditty here. Uh, it's kind of funny. Listen to it. Bye now. Shall we say goodbye? Now? I think I think we'll play it. Say goodbye now. Yeah, it's probably best. Oh, Bye, Chris. And, um, <laughs> Bye. Bye. Have you had fun? Yeah. Nice little quiz. It's mostly yeah. been fun. Nice yeah. little chat. It's more fun than I, I have Ruins. in the morning, quite frankly. What? <laughs> it's more fun than I have in the morning, quite frankly. Well, the evening. The morning. In the morning. <laughs> Okay. Moving yeah, on. Moving on. <laughs> I missed that one. I just lost. Quite Tumbleweed okay. was flowing through the studio. I lost it. So I don't think everyone got what he was doing on the show there, but it was uh, it's highly appreciated that at least he's he's doing some good. Uh, there's also some artwork that Paul Bowsmer uh, has been put. He's a street graffiti artist in college. Just moved to San Diego, and I'm going to put oh. these in the show notes somehow. They are absolutely awesome. He's designed. Oh, a, you know, yeah, he, I have been a big fan of street art for ever since it, you know, literally from the seventies, and have collected it. Um, believe it or not, I have uh, a, a number of panels that were taken down, and I garnered, and I also had a number of graffiti artists in the late seventies. Do canvases, large canvases. I, I had this little house down the hill, and I took the whole back fence and, and put these huge canvases up, and had these graffiti guys come over, and they each one of them do a piece. And you're I have such those, a hippie. Uh, <laughs> I, you're I a hippie. You're an undercover hippie, aren't you? You're the t- tech guru. Hey, you're, the, you're really a hippie, dude. There's nothing really hippie about 
Graffiti. No. Well, anyway, um, uh, I will put these in the show notes. I got a downsize, and he sent me these huge uh, resolution with the, it's a beautiful logo he did with kind of like a, a, a kind of a Masonic uh, type of vibe there. And also, uh, not that we encourage this, but he seems to have uh, uh, reproduced it on an L.A. Times newspaper box in front of the Ocean Beach Post Office. <laughs> Does he have the website? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it says noagendashow.com right underneath the logo. Okay, he's definitely on, yeah. on our A-list So, our he's, so uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a PR associate. And then, surprising, we have a celebrity <laughs> PR associate. Elaborate on what, what I really meant and, and what I really thought of the thing. It, Jay, you've gone through this, too, especially in these last few months, it Me seems. You, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, like that, it's like that old saying. saying where a lie can travel halfway around the world before truth even has a chance to get his pants on in the right. morning. Yeah. There you go. In the morning. Oh, uh, yeah. Sarah okay, Palin. I have that clip, too. <laughs> I knew you had it. <laughs> All right. Now, very important, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we would like Renee Schwartz to please kneel before the panel. Renee Schwartz, I hereby knight thee, Sir Renee of the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy the hookers and blow. And he chopped uh, off his head. <laughs> I did not. And I want to thank uh, I want to thank everyone else for uh, for uh, donating. So of course, Renee being our uh, executive producer, Adam Miller, also a co-executive producer on the show today, associate executive producer Stefan or Stephen Guerreri. We'll get the exact uh, exact pronunciation, of course. And I tell you, last night at a um, uh, Mickey, uh, Miss Mickey is auctioning off some artwork. And, and we have another night. Don't forget, we have another one. Yeah, that's oh. what I said. That's what we had to have the. the, uh -oh. the I'm so sorry. Uh, well, can I just finish up my spiel about about producers? Yeah, go ahead. And um, so we were at Christie's where she where this will be auctioned off, and they have an evening where people can go and look at the artwork, uh, look at it, look at it up close. And she introduced me to, and of course I've forgotten the guy's name, but he is one of the producers of the original Rocky movies. He's a Dutch guy, but he's lived uh, half his life in. Uh, um, in California, and he's very, very. I think he's like in his seventies now, so he doesn't uh, do anything with production anymore. But this guy looked like anybody who donates to this show as a producer, as an executive producer, could look like successful, well spoken, well dressed, and it's and and it just it's his vibe because he has that executive producer status. And so it will really get you far in life. And when we get to the donations later on in the show, I will give you some actual success stories of people who have donated to the show who, who not even necessarily became executive producers. So that's good stuff on the way. Okay. So we have uh, the guy that we, we, we lost in the shuffle, I'm sorry to say. But he's from Canada, so you know him. I'm sure they expect that. Don't be like that to our yeah, Canadians are okay in my book. Good. But let me just say something to you Canadians out there. How do you let here's what here's what listen here's the, I, this before we get to this. OK, here I am. I'm up north and I'm li watching the CBC because I think it's generally more interesting. Oh, you're in Washington America. right now. No, I'm not in oh, Washington. Yeah. I'm in California. Okay. 
I'm watching the, the end of the Olympics, and so they're having all these celebrations, and there's people in the streets, and there's people jumping up and down. And they're talking about it on the local Vancouver version of the CBC local news. You know, they're blah, blah, blah. They're talking about this, and they're talking about that. And they're talking about how the Canadians, they, the Canadians won the most gold medals, and uh, lots, and, you know, they just barely, well, they should. But anyway, they, they, and then they talked about the great victory in the last second in overtime of the Canadian hockey team over the, the evil Americans, and everyone was... But they were sh- – this is the CBC, the national network, the entire – all of Canada. They were showing zero clips. They showed not one clip. They showed just still photos of this and that because the way it was done, the deal was done – and NBC has exclusive Yeah, they video can't, they can't for, show anything in their own freaking country. In their own country. The Olympics are in Canada. This is the national network, and they can't show a crappy clip? No. Nope. And they put up with this? No, nope, they and couldn't. And the news guys aren't griping about this constantly? No, because the the, the, the the National Olympic Committees are so powerful. This is the, the most – this is extremely powerful group. And it's all about commercialism and every, and you know, all this, oh, it's our team, it's our country. And blah. No, no way. It's all about money. That's why I boycotted. I didn't watch him. Screw it. I, well, where's, how could you watch him? You had to tune into to crappy NBC coverage. That's true. And of course, you know, Letterman would mock it by saying, well, here's a clip from the Olympics and then they show he something, something from stupid. the 30s. Great article you know, so. in the in the Times, uh, something that we hooked into when it came to the uh the 100,000 condoms they shipped up there. Uh, the title of the article is Sex and the Olympic City. And it talks about, the, the, it's true, everyone is boning each other there in the Olympic Village. And it's a really in-depth article. And it's like, you know, and it said, you know, go figure. You've got all these amazing looking boys and girls running around in the Olympic Village. They're all pumped up. They've got all kinds of you know, uh, chemicals running throughout their brain that are generated naturally. And let's also not forget that there's plenty of them who are on steroids and, and, and they're all horny. They're just horny as hell. And they're all like they're humping all, each other. And there's a bonus. Every one of them is a novelty fuck. Exactly. A notch on the belt. And, but you know, it's, it says here specifically, it doesn't even matter. It, it, you don't get laid more if you don't have a, if you, if you win a gold medal, it makes no difference. So you don't you don't have to be a, a medalist to get laid. That's because they're probably all at max. In fact, uh, who wrote this article? It was um, in, in the first in the first paragraph says right here. Uh, I got to, I got laid several times, which uh, which may not sound like a lot in the Olympic Village, but for a 21 year old undergraduate with crooked teeth, it was a minor miracle. It's like anyone <laughs> can get laid as long as you're there. As long as and you know what? I think we need to buy up some rights. We need to buy up some Olympic rights in uh, 2012 in London or whatever so we can get laid. All right. So All right. our second night of the day, our, our second night, who actually is, should have been knighted by now. And we and I we apologize, Larry. Larry Roik, R-O-I-K from Burlington, Ontario. You may knight him. OK. Is he ready? Is he is he before us? Yes, he is. Larry Roink, kneel before the Knights of the No Agenda, as we now knight thee, Sir Larry Roik. Please come to the table and enjoy our hookers and blow. I think you chopped off his arms. <laughs> and uh, okay. it, it looks like we're really going to go for the... Uh, for the rings, I, uh, I've done a little bit of homework, John. Well, let me finish with Larry Roik's little story here. He does have a note. 
I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Uh, you can, we can talk about the rings shortly. Um, okay. The reason that he said the reason I'm I'm interrupting you here because this is right up your alley, and uh, I'm actually reluctant to even read it, but I will. Uh, okay. So here's the crackpot idea, says Larry. What if aliens? <laughs> I should have saved this for the end of the show, I suppose. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, it's always a problem when the sentence begins, what if aliens? <laughs> no, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> he has the aliens, of course, in quotes. Uh, what if aliens actually created, gave us the general theory of relativity so that we would follow the wrong technological path and therefore never discover faster than light space travel or zero time space travel or solve critical mysteries of the universe etc yeah that idea is out there no 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 i like it very much for a number of reasons first of all that would be the work of the grays that's totally what those guys do when it comes to aliens this but ladies and gentlemen i'm apologizing in advance for not doing this after the (laughs) no no listen to me and it makes so much sense because it's very it makes so much sense. It's very actuel, as the British Ministry of Defense has decided UFOs are no longer dangerous. They've shut down their UFO hotline. This is hot off the press. This is brand new news, and uh, they are destroying all of the um, sightings. After thirty days, every UFO report uh, goes into the bit bucket. Reported sightings, I'm quoting now, should be answered by a standard letter. And on the advice of corporate memory and the National Archives should be retained for 30 days, then destroyed, largely removing any future freedom of information liability and negating the need to release future files post 30th November 2009, according to the Ministry of Defense of Gitmo Nation East. So it makes sense. I I think, Larry, your knighthood is not only paid in full, but it is well-deserved. Now, uh, he also has a link, which I should send you, uh, yes. which is a link to <laughs> yes. uh, the first test that proves the general theory of relativity wrong. So Okay. Great. I like it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say this one thing uh, that people should know, uh, that much of the, 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 the reasoning for the fact that we can't travel faster than the speed of light is based on the, uh, uh, some of the, the mathematics of, of Edwin Mock. Who is where you get Mach one, Mach two, Mach three? That guy who uh, said you couldn't take a big object past the speed of sound and had math to prove it. So there's, I've always considered it's possible to go faster than light, but I don't know how. If I did, I wouldn't be on this show. <laughs> and and seeing as what time you I'd showed up, here. seeing as what time you showed up this morning. Mm. <laughs> All right. Do you want to just? I just wanted to say that briefly. I, I sent out a Twitter um, after the after the show, just as I was getting on the plane to come over to Gitmo Nation East, or the Lowlands at least. And uh, we have several different interpretations and translations for our ring. I think we should have a nice no agenda logo. It's uh, you know, it'll be a, the type of ring that you can imprint into sealing wax or into someone's face. And uh, we would have in the morning in Latin, which I believe would be in mane, in mane, or in mane tempor, and then we hit people in the mouth is ferimus in ore plebem, which I think would look great on a ring. Are you doing Google yeah, Translate? Yeah, they're huge. They have all this. <laughs> you could do it right, on the side. No, the look, we're gonna we're work, we're getting much closer, and I've seen some some very interesting designs, and I can't wait to hand out these rings to our knights. And as you know, in English, we have a very simple formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. 
Right on. Since we already did some aliens, maybe I should uh, wait with the earthquake machine. I mean, do you want do you want to hold the off? Earthquake for a second? machine's coming up. Yeah. How about the, the distraction uh, of the week? Hey, on no agenda. So I don't know if uh, if everyone has actually heard this. So there are two distractions. One was at least what I heard over here. Um, one was uh, a pilot from, uh, 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 to me, unknown airline, who had apparently been flying. The way the news reported was, oh, he's been flying for 13 years without a license. Well, yeah, of course, he had a license that had expired, and he wasn't rated on uh, this typical. You know, Classic. Not, but the guy had been doing a good job, you know. It was like, he, he seemed to be okay. So that was, like, you know, yeah, whoa, it's, like a, it's like, so like, scary. And it never comes by itself because then there's the, the they're letting kids land the planes and do air traffic controlling oh, yeah, at the, JFK. That, that is the number one <sighs> distraction of the week. And let me tell you. Uh, so first of all, it is of course completely against regulations to have anybody. Um, although technically, I guess it isn't. Uh, but if you don't have a radio transmission license, then you shouldn't be transmitting on the radio. However, you can be a student as long as you have a licensed person who is licensed as uh, an instructor. And I don't know if this kid's dad was an instructor or not. And, you know, and I don't think there's any age limit necessarily for a controller. Then it's okay. But also aviation, the radio, you know, that is a big part of what keeps us sane when when airmen are flying. You know, we got to have our little jokes that you always try to slip in something. In fact, uh, I can't wait to hear my first in the morning when I'm getting a crossing uh, somewhere. I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, and although it's always very professional, um, there's always, you know, always little things going on. We have our secret frequencies we tune to. And it's just it's a part of aviation. And I just want you to listen to the actual audio of the kid who, by the way, does a spectacular job. And every single airman uh, on the frequency immediately gets what's going on they're getting the correct calls you know the kid's father is sitting right next to him and they're all enjoying it and particularly jfk um which is you know it's a it's a bummer just it's always a bummer there no matter what you're doing so it brightened up every day everybody's day and you could even hear them all kind of laughing and and saying hey good job and uh you know it's like this is what aviation is about it's uh, it's about bringing people into it getting it making it interesting, and this is, you know, now it's like, oh, we have to have an inquiry, we have to be fired, and it's, ah, distraction of the week, here it comes. Jet Blue 171, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, Jet Blue 171. Uh, let's see, Air Mexico 403 Kennedy, I'm going to through a left position hold. Position hold, Air Mexico 403. This is what you get, guys, when the kids are out of school. Yeah, he says it's what you get when the kids are out of school. So they're laughing. You know, by the way, that could be deemed technically inappropriate to even to talk about that uh, on the frequency. I can bring my kid to work. See, they're having a good time. Now, I, uh, for people who travel on United, you can turn, tune into Channel 9 usually, yes, sometimes from, Channel from the, 13. from the flight deck. The uh, channel 9 from the flight deck, you're right. Generally in Channel 9. I think one plane's got it on some other channel. But anyway, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and you can listen to the whole – I always listen when we're coming in, especially when we're flying around to see when they're going to actually land the plane because you can tell. And they tell you all this. And every once in a while you run into some situation where there's a, there's a note of humor. It's not that common, but it does happen. 
And I think it is appreciated. And I think this story, when I first heard the story, I thought it was like a making, a, you know, this typical, the country and the world has become these, you know, these bureaucratic. It's political correctness, bureaucratic crap. Bullshit is what it is. Yeah. You know, oh my God, the kid had, you know, there's more stories this last week about a kid who has a pill or a kid who, you know, brought a pen knife or a kid who, you know, looked cross eyed and so he's expelled <laughs> from school. My God, don't tell me there was a kid who looked cross eyed. Hold on, let's, it's 30 more seconds. Just listen to it because it's really, and you have to focus. It's, it takes a little while to get into the sound and what they're saying, but just 30 more seconds. It's really yeah, cute. He's, it. he's even saying adios to the Mexican pilots. <laughs> It's actually quite funny. And, of course, the news media didn't play this at all to anybody. This is the first time I've heard it. Oh, really? Oh, no. I immediately, of course, all my, my no, fly there's buddies. No, there's no me. analysis. It's just, a, it's just the same old zero tolerance fascist crap. You know, this kid was like, you know, it was illegal and it was bad. And he's just wrong, inquiry. we got to stop it. Yeah. And by the way, talking about this sort of thing, there's been more than a few of these stories also in the in regarding regarding this uh, distraction of the week that are more pointed. And if people pay attention to it, why they're cropping up now. And there was one story in the Bay Area where some kid, I guess her parents went to a marijuana place and brought, you know, because they had the marijuana drug license and they. He had had a brownie at home, and the kid mistakenly <laughs> ate the brownie. The brownie in her in her, uh, <laughs> in her in her lunch bag or something, and they were in the arrest them all. Arrest them all. <laughs> Seriously, that, that basically where it came out. There's a number of dubious aspects of the story. One, how did anybody at school tell that these kids were wasted in the first place after eating the brownie? Because kids, I mean, kids are act kind of wasted anyway. Kids are wasted, <laughs> and so the whole story seemed like it was. Planned Planted, and it's part of a, a – and a, this is going to get worse, by the way, over that we're going to spot every one of these that we can. I think they're happening probably less around the country than they are around here. Anything to stop the bill that's going to legalize marijuana in California because they know it – and nationally, they know that if it's passed in California, if this bill goes through, which it should, it's going to cause a cascade effect across the country, especially with the other half dozen – or dozen, I guess there's a little over a dozen states that have uh, this legalized marijuana law in play it's going to go right to those guys and then it's going to go everywhere and they, nobody wants that i don't know why they don't want it i mean it seems like a tax base to me but there's some reason they don't want it maybe it's because people start to see you know be maybe take a couple of hits of some marijuana and see and that that shit that actually they, works it, we're going to realize that everybody's lying to them so this yeah. might be an opportune moment to uh, look back to our last show uh, which you can, and of course, I've got the show notes loaded up. It's nice to be over here in the lowlands. I get a whole day of uh, prep time 
instead of uh, you know getting up at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, so under the heading Healthcare Wars, which would be the war you and I had on the last program, I received a lot, a lot of feedback on that. Um, and my basic premise was, where are the doctors in all of this? And there's a couple things I'd like to, uh, I'd like to mention. One is a website, the Physicians for a National Health Program, pnhp.org, which is, uh, interesting to look at. It seems like there are physicians, uh, and uh, medical professionals who do care about, and by the way, I'm not against a national health program. Uh, this is at least, at least this is doctors saying, Hey, we've got some weird shit going on and we ain't all that good. We ain't doing such a great job. Then there was, uh, my friend, uh, uh, doc from, uh, from Italy. And he's, 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 a, I don't know if he's a surgeon, but he's, he, he gives lectures, medical lectures. And he's, he sent me a lot of information about the original, uh, HPV, uh, vaccines. And he, uh, you know, basically poked holes in it right off the bat. Excuse me. And he sent me a wonderful little piece from Plato, which I thought you might like. Uh, this is uh, Plato's Laws, Slave Doctors, Free Doctors. And it's uh, and I, I guess I'll have to put this in the, in the show notes. It's a one-pager, Athenian. And did you ever observe that there are two classes of patients in states, slaves and free men? And the slave doctors run about and cure the slaves or wait for them in dispensaries. Practitioners of this sort never talk to their patients individually or let them talk about their own individual complaints. The slave doctor prescribes what mere experience suggests as if he had exact knowledge. And then he has given his orders like a tyrant. He rushes off with equal tyrant. He rushes off with equal assurance to some other servant who is ill, and so he relieves the master of the house of the care of his invalid slaves. But the other doctor, who is a free man, attends the practices upon free men, and he carries his inquiries far back and goes into the nature of the disorder. He enters into discourse with the patient and with his friends, and is at once getting information from the sick man and also instructing him as far as he is able and will not prescribe for him until he has first convinced him. At last, when he has brought the patient more and more under his persuasive influences and set him on the road to health, he attempts to effect a cure. And that's Plato, you know. Uh, And along with that comes a clip from uh, our national treasure. So Plato wrote that back in in the day? Yeah. And it still applies? Yes. Well, Plato had a couple. I think he said a couple other interesting things. Huh, I, I got to look into that guy. <laughs> yeah, we, we someone's got to someone's got to give that guy a, a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so there's um, there was a very good um, this American Life episode, uh, episode three hundred and ninety one. Which, by the way, if you go to iTunes and you and you go to the podcast section. The, you know, these bastards are national treasure. They only give you the most recent episode. If you want a back episode, you have to buy it, which pissed me off. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, yeah, you have to buy back episodes on iTunes of This American Life. You can't. Huh. It, it's not like a podcast where you can go get the back episodes. So this is um, an older episode from uh, before the healthcare debate was raging. 
and they go through three issues. One is the problem with the insurance companies. Is Two is the problem with the uh, big pharma. Or three is it with the doctors. And there's this little story that I just wanted to let the doctor speak for a second. It's a pretty good clip. You should listen. It's a whole hour. You should listen to the whole thing. Um, and what happens is a girl is brought in. She had a minor car accident. And he basically does the five-point test and says, look, you know, you have no broken back. You're, you're a little banged up, but you're going to be okay. You don't even need an X-ray. You don't need a CAT scan or anything like that. You're going to be, you're fine. And, uh, you know, and the mother's there and she says, okay, great. But then this happens. But a couple of minutes later, the dad showed up. Dr. Hoffman. And the dad was a very tall, very powerful figure who was very upset and spoke very loudly. And uh, he also happened to mention that he was a lawyer and that there would be consequences for any error that we made. And he said that he wanted to get not just an X-ray, but a CAT scan of her neck. A CAT scan, which is not only more expensive than an X-ray, but uses much more radiation. So I tried to explain to him that, A, she didn't really need the X-ray or the CAT scan, um, and B, that there was some harm with it. In fact, if you do a thousand CAT scans to a young woman like this, um, there's a pretty good chance that some small number, one, two, something like that, may have harm from it. And the harm is not trivial harm. It's important harm. She could get a cancer of her thyroid that in 15, 20 years might actually be fatal. So while I can't say with 100% certainty that her neck was fine, I was pretty sure, 99.9% at least, in my judgment, it would be more harmful than beneficial to her to do the test for her. So I tried to explain this to the dad, and I tried to be really nice and patient, but he was having none of it. He said things like, you will do a CAT scan. And then I said to him something that actually I had long known, but it never crystallized for me exactly in this way until that moment. I said to him, you know, um, for me, it really is the right thing to do the CAT scan. I said, you know, if I don't do the CAT scan, you're probably going to lodge a complaint about me. If I do the CAT scan, you're going to be really happy with me. I said, in addition, I'm almost certain that your daughter is fine, but there's a maybe one in a million chance that she isn't. That there really is a, a hidden fracture and I'm missing it. And if that's the case, the CAT scan will save my butt. And on the other hand, if I do the CAT scan and your daughter gets a cancer 20 years from now, no one will blame me. I said, in addition, I, I, I'm spending a lot of time talking to you here that I need to be going doing other things. If I got the CAT scan, I could do it in a second. It would be done with. It would be easy. And then I said, finally, the really strange thing is that I'll get paid more if I do the CAT scan. Because the way that bills are made, you get paid more for more complex patients. And the insurance companies of the world think that it proves that the patient was more complex and more difficult if you had to do a CAT scan. So everything about this was pushing me to do the CAT scan. I said that to him. And I said, there's only one problem which is that when I decided to become a doctor, I made a pledge. And the pledge was that I would put my patient's interest in front of my own interest. All right. Did I lose you? 
Uh, well, I almost fell asleep, but uh, <laughs> no, it, it was I, worth I, it because I, I want no, you to I, hear. No, I get it. I get it. But then, in fact, is a scat, CAT scan delivers something like thirty years worth of background radiation um, uh, per visit. Right, but the whole point is <laughs> he, he. It was a for him. It was almost like he couldn't lose by doing it by uh, because he would. Get, he, in addition to there being no risk for him of any lawsuit, in fact, less of a risk. He would get paid more because of the fee for service model, which is the one thing that is never discussed in this whole health care debate is how doctors are compensated. And again, I'll refer to the book about the medical insider. I'll put it in the show notes, noagendashow.com, uh, the insider from Eli Lilly that it, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard when you got money and gifts and all kinds of beautiful things dangled in front of you. It's hard to not check yourself and say, wait a minute, you know, I'm just pres- prescribing stuff. And this is exactly what Plato wrote about. These are the slave doctors. And you got slave doctors and free doctors. So we've got both, yeah. but it's never discussed. Well, anyway, the point is, is they, uh, if they would do some tort reform, wouldn't hurt. When you wouldn't have these asshole lawyers. Yeah. It has a lot to do with it. Less lawyers. Whatever happened to Doc Holloway? You know, the guy Sorry. you, yeah, you know, from Gunsmoke. Doc Holliday? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Doc Holloway. <laughs> well, he's still <laughs> acting in Hollywood, Doc Holloway. You know what I mean. Doc Holliday is good. All right. <laughs> Moving so, along. Do we have it? Well, let's talk about the, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Well, you, got- I, you know, I have a couple of clips. Yeah, let's do some clips. All right. So I want to talk about a, a new meme cropping up that is kind of amusing. Wait a minute. So- wait a minute. We can't do that until we've discussed vajazzling one more time oh okay well, let's just talk about it i i don't mind bumping the my commentary just, for yeah, just for a moment you know, there's a there's a there's a twitterer named vajazzling well, it, <laughs> gets, it gets it gets better it, it gets better dear adam and john says james i want to thank you for a tip i heard on no agenda 178 you and john were talking about vajazzling so i did a quick search and i got the domain name the domain is now bringing 100-plus uniques an hour, and they have the potential to bring in huge amounts of moolah if I play my cards right. Uh, com, and uh, he's selling all kinds of stuff, and he says, uh, I'll be uh, donating money. You guys will get a cut. <laughs> and uh, Good man. Yes, and so we, uh, we have helped start a new business, John. You know why? Well, good. I mean, we 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 would have done. You know, since we we think in these I'm kind of myself, terms. I'm like, I'm what an idiot. I should have immediately grabbed thejazzling dot com. How stupid am I? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. But <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, we would have grabbed it, and, done and that would have been it. Yeah, <laughs> we just we would have parked it, just sat on it, <laughs> it squatted, parked. At least this guy's doing something, yeah. and he's going to give us some compensation. Yeah, That's we, great. We love that. And there's a couple of links to some vajazzling uh, uh, examples. Of course, yeah, all you'll see this all. This is just to continue on the meme from last week or the last show. Now you'll see all of these local, uh, not the news anchor, but it'll probably be the weather girl. And I got a couple of examples. They're all, oh, this is new thing. It's called vajazzling. I'm going to go see what it's like. And they yeah, all we go, spotted this one right off the bat. We only did, missed yeah. it by 30 days. Yeah, yeah, props to you on that. And uh, so there's a, if you want to see some vajazzling in action, uh, there's a couple of YouTube clips, which you can also see at noagendatv.com, where all of our videos are proudly displayed in chronological order as they appear in the show notes. All right. A new meme. Is it as good as vajazzling? 
I think it's lame. Yeah. But here, I want you to play. Uh, I'm gonna. Let, I've got a couple of clips. They, they ran back to back shows on uh, special victim units on, on NBC because they have nothing to put on at 10 o'clock because <laughs> Leno's gone. You know, he went. Leno moved his show. And by the way, I want to talk a little bit about that, even though it's it's real news later. But uh, so they, they played these two back to back the Dick Wolf shows. And one of them was a, was a seemed seemed to be a uh, we might as well do both of them right now. One of them is uh, just a standard anti-Christian uh, nutball rant that but this this one equates the Christian. This tries to do its best job of doing a point by point. Christian nutballs are just as bad, if not worse, because they go after hookers uh, than uh, than oh. Islamists. You can just see this was what this was all about. Yeah. And yeah. and and the classic Christian nutball scene from which was all throughout this episode. It was just a crazy a show that had. It was wasn't even good. I mean, it was just a bad show. But it, but I just love the, the, the this cra- crazy acting. You might as well play a Christian nutball. Witness, I honor that command. Are you okay? He's crazy. I'm trying to whip it out. He pulled out a Bible. I'm trying to save her soul. After you locked her in. Well, then what happened? I'm, I'm trying to save her soul. He asked if I wanted to meet my father, so I cut him. Did I not tell you she attacked me? Well, she cut you up because you caged her in your car. It was the only way to get her to sit still long enough to hear the message. The message. <laughs> Guys like you, you always got a message, don't you? It's not mine. It's God's. There is a better life waiting for girls like her in heaven. Is that your job? You, your God's little messenger boy? Do you know what kind of sordid lives these girls are living? Actually, you know, especially because of freaks like you. God put me on this earth to fight Satan's grip on these girls' souls. <laughs> Did God tell you to put your death grip on these girls' necks? Sometimes dying is better than living. Now, did you just admit to me that you murdered these two girls? No. I never harmed a soul. Oh. But whoever did this... Is was a murderer. Really? Whoever did this sent these girls to heaven out of love. <laughs> Lord, bless those who watch over the weak. And Lord. You know, I, I'd, l- I'd like to say something about this, John. This is rather interesting because, you know, right now in Gitmo Nation lowlands, they're in the middle of an election cycle. As you know, the cabinet fell, tripped over its own shoelaces. And... Uh, so they had the regional elections yesterday, and even though Geert uh, Wilder's party, the PVV, uh, was only eligible in two regions, they, of course, won by a landslide, which is a setup for the national elections come end of May, beginning of June. But all over the news, there is um, a meme of other religions doing weird shit. Now, Geert Wilder's, the PVV party, is the party that uh, wants to stop immigration of uh, of uh, Muslims into the Netherlands. He wants to impose a, quote, rag tax 
So it's okay if you want to wear, uh, they call it the rag tax. It's okay if you want to wear <laughs> a, uh, a, a head scarf, but you have to pay a thousand euros as an extra tax. But, but right, immediately there's all these, what really, if it's cold out? Yeah, yeah. There's all these, these really weird stories about, you know, there's, uh, and by the way, that's a whole nother topic I have for later in the show about these, uh, Roman, uh, Roman Catholic, uh, priests in this uh, one church in this one uh, uh province where they were of course fiddling around with the kids for years and so now that's all come out and and you can literally hear the debate being like well you know we've got bad on this side and bad on that side but they've got their churches so the mosque should be allowed and it really seems like there's this they're trying to even it out and make it okay because hey look you know muslims are bad but uh, or islamists or people who uh, believe in Islam, but you know, so are Roman Catholics and, and Christians apparently are also nutballs. So they're all crazy. So they all should have equal rights, I guess. <laughs> I love the logic. Yeah. Well, that's really the way it's coming across. You know, it's, it's, it's nutty. It's nutty. All right. So the second one, now I understand the, uh, the link you gave me that I did put in the show notes. Now I understand why you gave it to me. Now I'm looking at the title of the clip. All right. There's a meme that's kind of buried in here that you're going to have to listen to, but I'm going to set this whole thing up. This is about a, a, a guy who uh, they caught who runs a print shop, and he's irked by all the lesbians moving into the neighborhood. Hey, wait so a minute. Stop. Started- stop right there. That's wrong. I mean, as, as Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable know, there's nothing ever to be irked about lesbians moving into the neighborhood. Anyway, this guy's irked about it, and so he's decided to... to uh, uh, rape and kill them oh, well, <laughs> yeah, of by, course one by one <laughs> to convert them to something or other it's hard to say but he acts like a real weenie and so the uh, the woman maria hargis stay or whatever her name is the actress who's you know another typical actress on any of these shows uh she decides to play the the pretend to be a lesbian and then confront this guy in the is interrogation she is she hot is she hot yeah, she's a good-looking woman. Although it's funny when you see her on the red carpet or anything, any of these shows where she's actually herself rather than this cop character she plays. Yeah. She's like a valley girl. It's hilarious. Cool. Love so it. So anyway, so she's going to give this guy the 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 you know she's going after him, and then he you know is acting like oh I don't get and then he gets tough <laughs> and then she busts him and then she leaves and so he proves himself guilty by yelling at her. Wait, did, so did, then they go into the next scene where where uh, uh, the, the Kathy what's her name the actress the D list actress C list whatever juice oh Kathy uh, Griffin crappy Kathy she Griffin. comes in she plays the lesbian and of course she's now uh, turns out to be bisexual and she has to go through all this rigmarole and she feels real good about the fact that she's not bisexual. Sex, or she's now bisexual for some reason, and and anyway, but there's a there's a meme that's kind of buried in here that I'm going to discuss, and I want to see if, if I can you can it. find it. Okay, this is called find the meme. Find, oh, an opportunity for a new jingle. Find the meme, Adam. All us lesbians are a mistake. Except the good news is, you know how to correct us. You're wrong. But you want to make me right, don't you, Ryan? Correct a bitch like me. Grab me off of my feet. Throw me onto that table and bend me all the way over because you've got everything you need to make me a real woman right between your legs. And you'd love it. Just like those other two did. Every moment of it. Goodbye, Ronnie. Oh, you bitch! You bitch! You got him. 
She got him. In a hell of a performance, I think. Well, thank you. From all of us. So, are you still speaking for the community? Really? About a tenth of them? But Let's Be Strong will be back. I'm opening the membership to include everyone, making it a real LGBTQIA organization. Well, A is for allies, so you can count us in. Larry's not an ally. Apparently getting shot kind of soured him on me. Bullet in the ass will do that. Okay, I heard a couple things. First of all, I got like a semi at the beginning there. And don't, (laughs) wait, wait, and don't Google anything. No. How about uh, Let's Be Strong? I thought that was that okay, was that was the name of her organization that she okay. was written. And she and, so that's uh, not LBGPD, LGBTQIA. Was that what she said? Yeah. What exactly is that? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Did you Google it? <laughs> no, I got the whole thing. So I'm I'm listening. I had to actually rewind the tape a couple of times because look, I live in the Bay Area. I know about all this stuff that's going on, and I and I do watch. The, the you fixed the Diker too, haven't you, John? I just seen a few, <laughs> and I know about the LBGT. LBGT because this became a, a meme some years ago: lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgenders. What that means. Right. So then I hear this new meme, LBGTQIA, and which I'm thinking, look, this is a little long. I mean, what do you, what's the deal? <laughs> okay, so they they this seems to uh, the best research I can do on, it, and I'm sure somebody out there knows more. But I did enough work. It seems to have stemmed from the University of California system, either. San Diego or Santa Barbara or Santa Cruz, one of them, and, and it, because they, they I guess they had a big meeting and it wasn't inclusive enough, so they decided to add some new shit to it. And I think it all. <laughs> so I think, and I think I, I tried to deconstruct it to figure out why it's so damn long. And they they didn't want it. It could be LGB. It, it really should be LGBTI. I mean, that would take care of it. And and the I. I'm going to ask you what you think these letters stand for. Guess Q. Uh, question? Queer? Queer. Yeah, I got queer. Okay. Okay, no, wait a minute. What does that mean? What is queer? Well, you're as queer as a $2 bill. Uh, $3 bill. <laughs> whoops. That's how queer I am. Well, queer is a is a derogatory term for gay. I mean, it used it's to be just... It's a derogatory just- term for LGBT, right? Yes, correct. So is, isn't it redundant? Yeah, damn them. And pointless? <laughs> damn them. What's isn't the, it pointless? What's the A for? Allies. Ooh. Okay. So uh, now I'm looking at this link you sent me, which is in the show notes. No, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Well, you could, no, because no. no well, what do you mean, no? Okay, I won't. I. I. Intersex. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at it. I looked at it. I saw that one. Uh, I'll stop. Yeah. You know what that means? No. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the problem with this. It means hermaphrodite. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, here it is. So, Intersex A, the biological sex of a person born with ambiguous genitalia, or B, one whose external genitalia at birth do not match the standards for male or female, e.g. enlarged clitoris or tiny penis. Well, yeah, that you, too. That's Bill and Hillary Clinton right there. I mean, well, you got them both in one go. 
Well, there you have it. So anyway, the point is, is that now they've added this new meme, and I, it's a, it's California that's put, apparently. Although you can find it, uh, the link I sent you is from Lehigh University. You can find these various clubs now thinking of, of changing their uh, their moniker from LGBT. Which is which is enough of a, a tongue twist, blah, blah, is enough of a, of a long acronym to LGBTQIA. That's crazy. I mean, it's just when I heard that, crazy. I said, what is Dick Wolf trying to do now? That's crazy. It's totally crazy, and I guarantee it's going to catch on as kind of a, a debatable. And they got a new logo with all the background colors and little bubbles, and there's a bunch of websites, and the whole thing is like trying to just it's it's a it's a co-option. And the fact that they got the word queer stuck in there, which is you know a, it's weird, and then the allies is you know so what? I mean, wh- why does that have to be in the name? It's like a, the Democrat Party and its friends. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And then the whole thing. The eye, they just won't have eye. So it essentially seems to me, here's what I'm thinking. It seems to me that the gay community, and I'm include, when I say gay, I mean male, female, gays. I know I don't differentiate, uh, which I think is some, something uh, that needs discussion amongst them. Uh, is I think it's to marginalize the hated hermaphrodites, which I think that apparently the LGBT people don't like, so they surrounded the I with a Q and an A, which has nothing to do with anything. Believe, I mean, they don't even need to be on the list. They won't go LGBTI. They won't do it because I don't think the gay community in this regard, and I think this proves it, likes to deal with hermaphrodites. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. <laughs> and there you have it. How about W H P I T M I T M? What is that? We hit people in the mouth in the morning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, if wow. you look on the, the link that I sent, which is the Lehigh University glossary of all these different kinds of terms, you know, including yeah, and it's actually yeah. very educational yeah, it for is, people it is out there. Yeah. But I, here's the one that gets me. What's the difference between? And I'm not mocking anybody. What's the difference? Maybe I am. What's the difference between a gay and an MSM? An MSM. That's mainstream media. (laughs) Mainstream media. Mainstream media also means men who have sex with men. Oh, I thought it was M4M. No, that's just the Craigslist ads. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm reliably informed. Uh Uh-oh, breaking news, John. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. They've, uh, it looks like someone tripped over the, uh, the earthquake machine trigger. It was, luckily it wasn't aimed at a landmass. Barcelona, Spain, dateline, two hours, 35 minutes ago. Monstrous waves smashed into a Mediterranean cruise ship, flooded people's cabins, broke windows in a restaurant, and sent terrified travelers screaming for doctors. <laughs> Doctor! A lot of water came in. Many cabins were flooded. You know they've really got to quit this shit on the earthquake machines. This is this is this is really this is this is really getting out of control. Yeah, especially um, when you're harassing old women. So uh, we know that uh, a 6.4 magnitude quake hit uh, southern Taiwan, another target for the Chinese. And the Chinese are, they, I, I think they're the ones that are messing it up because they're like, they're, I don't think their array is strong enough or they have a bad standing so, wave I was ratio. To this for the second half of the show? No, I got to do it now. They, you know, they, they have a bad standing wave ratio, so too much energy is reflecting back or they need to adjust their dipole or whatever because <laughs> dipole. they're not. Hey, where are you adjusting that dipole? 
pole. What? <laughs> Meanwhile, um, what? the Harper Ray is is just is fantastic. Not only did we blow blow Chile into uh, Chile into uh, into oblivion there with uh, with our eight point eight, but we actually slowed down the Earth. I'm sorry, sped it up, which is just f- fantastic. You know, of all the earthquakes yeah, we've heard about, more time, not less. Yeah, of all the earthquakes we've heard of, and and uh, the way I understand this, this is very much like when a skater does a pirouette, and the skater, the ice skater, we just saw this at the Olympics. Uh, at, at least, not if you weren't watching. If you were, if you were watching CBC, you didn't see it. But if you're watching NBC, then you would see an ice skater twist around, and when the skater pulls their arms in, they start to spin faster. So apparently. This beam was so powerful that it, it, it contracted the earth, like pulling in a piece of the land, and now we're, we're spinning faster. Well, yeah, by if a that, nanosecond. If, yeah, or but something. if that doesn't have harp written all over it, what does? <laughs> Apparently, this goes on constantly. Until we're spinning north to south, I'm not paying attention to any of these theories. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for someone now, to that say. That would be cool. Now, tell me that wouldn't be cool. Yeah, well, I, we might get dizzy. <laughs> but you know, I'm just waiting for some dipshit to come out and say, "Oh, by the way, this will have, this is uh, this is really going to uh, make global warming even worse." You watch. <laughs> oh no, there's definitely a dipshit on its way. Yeah, and then I I don't know if this is the one that I read before, but someone sent me this uh, just so you have it from Defense.gov a transcript. This is from 1997. I think we did 1977, and this is. Um, William S. Cohen. Maybe we did do this one before, but I just want you to know that I'm not joking about the earthquake machines. The Department of Defense news briefing, Secretary of Defense William S. Cohen, and he uh, talks about all kinds of terrorism, threat of Ebola virus, could be a very dangerous phenomenon. This is an exact transcript on the defense.gov website, link in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, quoting the last bit of this paragraph, Alvin Toffler has written about this in terms of some scientists in their laboratories trying to devise certain types of pathogens that would be ethnic specific so they could just eliminate certain ethnic groups and races. We've talked about that. And others are designing some sort of engineering. So and let me just repeat. Others are designing. This is 1997. Some sort of engineering, some sort of insects that can destroy specific crops. Others are engaging even in an eco-type of terrorism where they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, volcanoes, remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. So there are plenty of ingenious minds out there that are at work finding ways in which they can wreak terror upon other nations. It's real, and that's the reason why we have to intensify our efforts. That's why it's so important. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Where was this? Where did you get this prison planet? Where where's this? Where this is this printed? www.defense.gov slash transcripts slash transcript dot ASPX question mark transcript ID equals 67. Yes, here it is. Don't give me that prison planet planet bull. You're always like, look, you know, and by the way, Alex Jones ain't that crazy either. He just yells oh, a bit much. He's a There's your link. It's it's in it's in it's in Skype right now. Defense.gov. Okay, news transcript, the U.S. Department of Defense. Let me just read that last line again because you talked over me. So this is the, the 
This is Cohen, Secretary of Defense William S. Cohen. So there are plenty of ingenious minds out there that are at work finding ways in which they can wreak terror upon other nations. It's real, and that's the reason why we have to intensify our efforts, and that's why this is so important. All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you make your case, and that's, that's the way it goes. People complain bitterly about this, and then I say, well, you know, there's this documentation that keeps cropping up, and Adam keeps glomming onto it. What am I supposed to say to him? Well, and, and they then, hang up. And, of course, um, <laughs> yeah, like, so this is the type of reporting that we bring to you. Please allow me to bring you the type of reporting that CNN brings to you when it when it comes to uh, earthquakes and tsunamis. No, yes, don't. yes, because I, I several people sent me the clip, and of course, you know, we just have to play it now that we actually uh, actually have it. Um, this let me see if this does or how it, is. it moves is a series of booms. This is that uh, Rick are in Sanchez. Different waters at different stages. So as the tsunami, he's explaining the tsunami, a tsunami. Those buoys literally give a, a reading, and that reading is then sent back to meteorologists, and, and they can start. This is when we are all waiting for the tsunami to arrive. How large a tsunami? How big the waves are? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. We just got one of those readings, mm-hmm. and we want to share it with you because we think it's important and will help you understand. You know, I was trying to find out what was happening at that exact moment there must have been something else going on because there's no other reason for them to do all this crazy waiting for the tsunami delay crap look at all the guys we have over here uh don't look over here there look over there information together and one of them just stood up a while ago and he said we've got a reading we've got a reading (laughs) then we uh called our producers and that's why we're putting this stuff on the air now so jackie let us know okay so jackie now jackie's going to explain what's happening and then comes the money shot these are active these are the ones that we're going to be watching and there's hawaii right from there about 140 miles away uh from the hawaiian island we've got a buoy out there and this is what it's showing here uh there you can see the line and notice this big drop down here we have this big drop this is about a nine meter drop nine meter drop nine meters. what does that mean it well it means that the ocean <laughs> waves are doing right, something gets we're better. seeing some changes it's been going down and like nine meters nine meters what's a meter uh, our wait. expert in here here comes our expert to explain nine today. meters uh, dr kurt frankel and uh, dr frankel tell us a little bit you know we talk about how the tsunami will come in or for. the water will pull back right. before we start to see yeah. is this a sign of that i think that's a sign of that uh, i don't think you can translate that nine meters into necessarily any any specific wave height that will hit Hawaii, so we need to be careful about that. Um, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean there's be a nine nine meters of, of run up in, in in Hawaii, but but it's just showing that the, the tsunami in fact did nine pass meters. That place. By, by, by the way, nine meters in English is so, uh, <laughs> uh, about twenty seven feet. Twenty seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Sanchez who said that? Yes, it was. I thought it was one of the women. That's what I was told. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he wasn't the only one saying that. But Sanchez, what a, English. what a douche what tool! Is that? What is the word Chinese? <laughs> what is nine meters? What is that in English? I'm I'm really I'm really rolling here. This is a crisis situation. You've got to explain nine meters in English to me, you bastard. <laughs> Oh, man. So you have a choice. No wonder people send us money. Thank you. You have a choice. You can either listen to our actual reporting upon government documents that you can go look at yourself, which is in plain English. You know, what is an earthquake generated by remote in English? Well, it's exactly that. It's what they say it is. But when you want to know what nine meters in English is, hey, go zone out for three hours waiting for the tsunami, okay? Jeez.
That's terrible. So luck. So luckily, yeah, no wonder. So luckily, people are supporting this program, and we need it because uh, it takes a lot of time to figure out what nine meters is in English. Oh, just yeah, all day apparently. So you want to go over the donations this week and yeah, all the yeah. douchebag call-outs that oh. seem to be pretty thematic? Yeah, let's do that. Sure, I got right, plenty yeah. more fun stuff on the way. Yeah, I'm going to tell everybody out there in advance. I got way too many notes. Uh, Good. That were too long. I'm going to read as many as I can, and I'm going to uh, discuss a couple of things uh, and uh, call out some people for one reason or another because their friends or so-called friends think they should be called out for being You know, before before you do that, I just need to mention one quick little little funny story uh, because we're on – Earth, I want, don't want to come back to earthquakes after this, but um, yes, please. Uh, you know, earthquakes, Haiti. Of course, we've been laughing about the uh, about the Bush and Clinton Foundation. Uh, you know, just want you to send send cash to them. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. You know, On the search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. <laughs> so. <laughs> Bob I can't Geldof, get enough of that clip. Bob Geldof in the Times today, link in the show notes, is angry because a CIA report claims that about 63 million of the money raised from Live Aid actually went to rebels to buy money, uh, buy guns to go and overthrow the government. And he's like, no, that's not true, man. And there's a report. They have a report about the CIA all this made money. A report saying that this money went to rebels yes, over so what? Yes. In Haiti? Yeah. No. In uh, no, this was um, uh, Ethiopia. That's what Live Aid was for Ethiopia. So oh, Live Aid. This is from yeah. the old show, not the more recent thing. Yeah. No, but this is just to show you that. Of course, the report comes out. I mean, this is like 25 years ago. So yeah. this is just to show you that this money, it never goes to the people it's intended for. The people who participate in these shows, they do it for their own ego. And they may have some, uh, you know, like, oh, I do want to help. But they're just idiots because there's better ways of helping, like donating to Doctors Without Frontiers or a real legitimate group. Doctors Without just, Borders, I think. Oh, the French is uh, Sans Frontières. So, yeah, Without Borders. Um, and, you know, and, and these things are primarily scams. Just to make it even funnier, if you go to iTunes and you go to buy the um, the concert for Haiti, yeah, it says SOS Help for Haiti. The subtitle for SOS, what does that stand for, John? It means Save Our Souls. It literally stands for, it says it right here, I've got the screenshot, Saving Ourselves. What? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so at least they're upfront about it. <laughs> Saving ourselves. <laughs> we just want to save ourselves. That's all we say. Just so we got to save ourselves. That is well, a search totally and rescue disgusting. team. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. You can take that to the bank. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. There you go. Well, I think it's. I'm glad to hear that the CIA finally released a study showing that 62 million dollars of live aid <laughs> went to Ethiopian rebels. Well, I guess it's a form of aid. Yeah, isn't that cool? Unbelievable! Yeah. Unbelievable! Not really. If you listen to this show, you believe it. No, but it still makes you irked. <laughs> Somewhat.
All right, donations, and we got a plenty. Okay, we got a bunch, and there's a bunch of notes that I'm going to read separately because it's they're not they're detached. John Kelly, fifty four forty five, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, GetSilverAndGold.com, sixty four sixty six. There's a long note with that. And by the way, the GetSilverAndGold.com uh, seems like a pretty good operation if you want silver and gold. John Schweitzer, Evansville, Illinois, ninety nine ninety nine, which is good. And then you flip it upside down, and you got Lance Coviello from Rhinebeck, New York, with sixty six sixty six. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? One yeah. came in right after the other, which I thought was cool. typically weird. Um, Philip Shane, Brooklyn, $62. Thomas Schultz in Stuttgart, $51. I love Stuttgart. Why are you, why are you uh, talking like a Nazi? Why do you have to do uh, that? Tom Bushy, fifty-five ten. Uh, who has another hidden cabin we can hide in. You know, it doesn't have internet because we're going to need that. And he says it's, uh, but 5510 is actually double nickels on the dime. Hell yeah. Faux shizzle. I, like I thought that was great. <laughs> By the way, any white guy that says faux shizzle, faux shizzle automatic. Douchebag. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Also, if you throw anyway. gang signs in pictures and you're white, same thing. <laughs> gang signs. Douchebag. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, but I like the double nickels on the dime. So anybody That's wants good. to contribute that amount, <clears throat> they'll get a double nickel. Double on nickel the on dime. the dime. That's another song Jeff Smith can do. I love it. He could. Yeah. James Lowry, one hundred and one oh one, from Parts Unknown. He wants to make sure that he he lets everybody know that his friend or supposed friend Chris is a douchebag. Oh no. Douchebag. Yeah, Chris. You know that—that's what that, people are going to start using as ringtones. Chris is a douchebag, and then you hit the douchebags. It's going to be perfect. It could be good. Uh, then we got a bunch of notes uh, with a bunch of callouts for douchebags. None of them came in from our founding producers. Oops. We have a founding producer program that uh, we're closing. By the way, like today. Yeah, today uh, is the last day, or tomorrow, whatever. And uh, a lot of people gave us a lot of money for that, which is good because we're going to need it. And uh, we got some J uh, Jason Carney writes. Uh, he wants to snag some new listeners. I'm just going to quote from him. Glenn, the devious Chinaman Cheng. <laughs> Luke Fossil, bacon hater Bari. Mike, <laughs> double wide Loftus. Juan, not a Mexican Zell. Dumbida, Dumbida, I guess. Albert Low Score Loom. We all work in federal finance. You wouldn't believe the inefficiency and waste we've seen here in Washington, D.C. Love the show. Keep up the good work. So are those guys douchebags? Yeah, I guess so. Douchebag. <laughs> but they're only, I think, because they're not listeners. Uh, you got uh, Joseph Petridis uh, is wanting to donate. See, we got a raise after my year in review went well. Yeah, he uh, he actually said he uh, he, uh, he he got a huge raise the day after he donated. The Petridis? Yeah, he sent me this okay, whole letter. Well, he yeah. says he says he goes on and on, and he says uh, he's looking for uh, Java and Oracle guys uh, out of Reston, Virginia. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> Send him an email and he put it in. So I'm going to give you give it to you if you guys want a code for this guy. Joe dot Petrides P E T R I D E S 
at hotmail.com. And he gets 3000 This is good, the good news. He gets $3,000 for any referral who stays longer than 180 days. And $500 goes to the No Agenda coffers mm. if something works out. Thank you. That would be highly He also wants to call out the former owner of a 40-acre security company who lives in San Francisco and probably doesn't want his name mentioned. You know who you are. And I have one word to describe you since you haven't donated yet. Douchebag. Douchebag. I mean, unbelievable. So, uh, Jenny Maywood uh, <laughs> sent us an email. Uh, Adam and John, I want to share a bit of my good luck after donating to No Agenda. I signed up for a $5 a month donation the weekend of 223. The next week, a lady that I see in the gym often asks me if I lost an earring. Turns out she found an earring of mine that I'd lost over a month, maybe two months ago. These earrings are fake diamonds, but meant a lot to me because my mom had recently given them to me for my birthday. It was like finding a needle in a million haystacks. I had no idea where I lost the earring until I until it was found. I blame my I blame my good luck on donating to the show. There you have it. I'm I'm actually buying into this. All right, Stephen uh, Guerreri, who donated, uh, loves the show. Blah blah blah. He's the one with the InsideTrack.com, InsideTrack without an I. dot com, who has this uh, little interesting uh, product for your laptop. If you use the coupon code No Agenda to save twenty five percent on the premium version, which I assume will. Oh, nice! You know, someone should do the premium code. Douchebag. <laughs> We also have somebody plugging. We're going to put it in the show notes, the Android app. He's giving us 100% of the proceeds from the Android app cool. that plays the show. The no Wait a minute. Is, is this one I have in the – well, you'll make sure you give me the link later or give yeah, it to I me do. now I, if you can. So well, I don't want to forget it, I, It's a bit.ly link, so you can, it's real easy. It's bit.ly slash N-A-S. Maybe I already have that. It's an Android app. I think it's, it's either that or slash NAS underline Android, which could be it too. Yeah, that's what it is. NAS underline Android. Yeah, he's, and he sent his entire proceeds for the sales. So bit.ly slash NAS underscore Android. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll put it in the show notes later. So he sent us the entire that's cool. amount. That he- oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. What, what does it You're cost? You're supposed to ask me what, what, how much was I, it? I just said, what does it cost? Oh no! The, I don't know what the app costs. I'm just saying he sent all his money to us. Oh, how much and, was and, it? That's a lead-in for you to say. Well, how much was that? Well, John, huh? John, douchebag. How how much was that? Five bucks. Cool. All right. So cool. uh, I guess nobody on the Android platform listens to no agenda. No, but there's you know what? There's there's no amount too big or too small. Uh, we, it has we appreciate its potential. It all. We appreciate right. it all. I have donated several times, writes Michael Cosme, because the show is seriously one of the greatest sources of information in my week, and I send tweets and buzzes and emails encouraging friends and others to listen. Never before have I felt compelled to do a DB call-out before, and as a network engineer, you know how much we love you admins and network engineers, you will save the world eventually, and part-time app developer for Apple, and now Android, I request that you call Apple Inc. a total douchebag for this nonsensical patent lawsuit against HTC Google. Yeah. I told him we weren't going to do that. Oh, really? That's okay. We need to have a meeting. (laughs) 
We don't need meetings. <laughs> we should have a pre-show so meeting. That's what we're not going to do. We ever. need a meeting. Yes, let's do meetings. <laughs> John, good idea. The show we need be ruined by a meeting. We need One meeting. Day, the show's screwed. We need <laughs> meetings, dude. For sure. This Philip is Shane. awesome. This is awesome. Philip Shane, a, a, a former ABC News producer, I, w- working with Peter Jennings until his untimely death, donated some money, and he has a, he had a bunch of interesting uh, commentary. Very long note, but but he he did have to say this. Um, besides all these compliments, he says, P.S. Adam may be interested in a, an excellent ABC documentary I edited with Peter Jennings called UFOs Seeing is Believing. Jennings died shortly after we aired the program. I'm just saying. I know. Fantastic. I'm going to, I'm going to probably interview him. It'll be one of our first uh, stream interviews because. Uh, I think everyone has been doing a great job at supporting us. We're nowhere near anywhere we need to be for self-support and uh, and really quitting other things. Uh, but I, I, I feel the love, so um, I'm just going to step it up. We're already doing the equivalent of three shows with our two times two hours a week. Uh, but I, I, I feel that I can just step it up one more notch, and I want to get those, uh, particularly because of all the founding producers for the stream, um, I'm going to start uh, start doing that and also daily source code. I just had to get the move over and everything. And it would be nice if I could sell the fucking plane. That, that would help. Oh, no, that no, that would be all I'd need. That would be it. That would guarantee me a year of uh, of concentrating only on this. Okay, we got a note from James Delnort, the uh, get gold, silver and gold.com. It's G-E-T, silver, A-N-D, gold.com, all one word. Uh, he uh, gave us... Uh, a odd donation that was thirty two point thirty three times two dot three two. It's the it's the degrees of the hidden thirty three degrees of masonry and the enigmatic twenty three reversed. See Robert Anton Wilson and the Illuminatus trilogy for more on the number twenty three. Blah blah blah. He went on and on with this, this calculation. Whatever the case is, if anybody. <laughs> But anybody buys uh, anything from him, he's he mentioned the No Agenda Show or something, and I think we get uh, we'll get some more crazy uh, uh, Masonic uh, numbers out of it. I bet you Bucky's a Mason. Tradewindsaviation.com for those of you who are looking for it. It's the November two seven seven Delta Sierra. People are asking about the plane. It's been up for a couple weeks. James Lowry writes. Uh, uh, I hope you received your donation of 10101 uh, for hookers and blow money. I'm still not uh, great with the PayPal as I've set up an account for the sole purpose of donating to No Agenda. That's nice. I hope this is enough to buy a douchebag of the week, although we haven't done that. A shout out for my friend Chris Costin. That's who it was. And, and uh, he's in Australia. Um, well, I think it buys one. Douchebag. Yeah, there's a lot of douchebags out there. I think that's uh, I think that covers most of the important notes. So wait, there's one or two from some uh, some uh, executive producer, some guy, a guy named Render Tank is broke, and he sent us his last couple of dollars, hoping to find work. And we got a bunch of people that says they got jobs after they sent us money. Uh, executive uh, producer for the uh, executive founding producer Clancy Childs for the stream wanted to make a, a note. He's uh, he says get Marshall Stark. A job, uh, and he's a douchebag. Oh boy, don't know why. Douchebag, but he apparently is a douchebag. And uh, so we we appreciate 
all of these donations, no matter what size they are. And if you uh, give a larger donation, please consider joining one of our uh, programs like the $30 a month or the $5 a month. It's that base. And actually, uh, your son Eric has been doing a lot of analysis for us, helping us understand where the growth is. Um, I haven't really had enough time to parse it all, but uh, that's. it seems to be an important thing to join up to a um, uh, an ongoing program. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just had the one last call out. <clears throat> Founding producer uh, Corey Kaler uh, wants us to plug planetcorey.com. That's P L A N E T, Corey, C O R E Y.com. He has a song, which is free. You can download on how to save the world. And uh, you might want to go over there and see what he's up to. I think that's it. Okay. Um, good news, John. Well, first of all, let's say noagendashow.com to donate Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA. And uh, I, th- I, think we're, I think we're holding up our end of the bargain here. So don't be a douchebag. Donate. Because before you know it, your neighbor's going to call you out and it ain't pretty. <laughs> douchebag. I don't know. I, yeah. I, you know, I still say I have mixed feelings about uh, <laughs> about, about the douchebag because <laughs> it just we need a better I, jingle that we need more jingles to because we got see, so many douchebags in the world we need you know we need to to liven it up a bit. Oh, and by the way, I do have a note from our new night, which I'll read uh, next week because it's buried in my email. Mm-hmm. Renee, uh, there in Harlem, Sir Renee. Sir, Sir Rene, who was called out as a douchebag, and he, and he decided to become a knight. He's also got a bunch of complaints about being called a douchebag in the okay. first place. Okay. And we'll get back to him because uh, he's now Sunday. at the top of our uh, discussion list. Hey, there's very yeah, good. There's very a good knights. A lot of knights from from the Netherlands. I think they well, respond to this more positively. Well the, well, the Netherlands, you know, people are waking up over here. They're going, they're, they're waking up and they're going, wait a minute. All these frickers in, in The Hague, they're all, this is wrong. And, you know, and you should see the news over here. It's just funny. And people are just so asleep here. Well, you know, we, you're over there and you have not brought up any European news at all. Uh, yeah, I brought up, a, so I de- well, there's a couple of things uh, regarding the European Union, the United States of Europe, I want to talk about. But first, there is fantastic news. We will only have to wait one more week, John, because in one week, the proof will be provided to us that President Obama is actually a CIA operative gone rogue. <laughs> and here is the proof. Here You're is right. The- this is crazier than the earthquake machine. I am James David Manning, senior pastor of the Atlaw World Missionary Church in Harlem, New York. I'm also the originator of the Columbia Obama trial scheduled for the 14th of May. I'm sorry. It's, I thought it was March. It's May. We have to wait a little bit longer. But we're on the leading edge tip because he is going to expose all. The year 2010. Due to the growing threatening circumstances surrounding this trial, I must now release the full transcript we wish to present, document, and prove at the Columbia Obama trial later this year. Obama was recruited in 1980 by the CIA while a student at Occidental College in Los Angeles, California. The CIA needed Muslims who were fluent in Farsi and other Islamic customs and understandings. Obama was perfect as an undercover agent. The CIA then later enlisted Columbia University, University 
to extend its foreign student program to Barack Hussein Obama that he might enroll in the universities around Karachi and in Pakistan and also the Patrice Lumumba School in Moscow. You have got to see this whole video. It's about 10 minutes. It's our uh, long-legged <laughs> Mac Daddy, uh, Reverend Manning. And he is goes this in, the Mac Daddy guy? This is the Mac Daddy guy, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and he goes into great detail. The long-legged Mac Daddy The long-legged Mac Daddy. The, the original long-legged Mac Daddy. And he goes into great detail about... Uh, now, we do know that Obama worked for BIC, the Business International Corporation, I think it's called, which is a known uh, CIA front. And he and so apparently on May 14th, he's going to reveal all the documents that shows that Obama is actually a CIA operative um, that went rogue and they couldn't stop him anymore. So they decided, well, you know what, we'll just... Um, in, instead of trying, you know, we, we can't kill him because now he's, you know, he's, he's already too much in the public eye, but we have this blackmail of this, um, how was the guy? Larry, Larry Silver, some guy like, who, you oh, know, that gay guy. Yeah. Who says that he had, you know, oral sex gay with Obama sex, yeah, whatever. and did Coke with him and stuff. Hookers and blow literally. Um, so I can't wait. I mean, the the clock is literally ticking down to May fourteenth. But you know, I love the sincerity of this guy. He, it he, does. It does have a. It does fill in a lot of blanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you got in, if you're at Occidental College, which I think is, if I'm not mistaken, is right, uh, and then yes. you end up in Harvard Law School, it's kind of an interesting jump. Yep. But it would be expedited, of course, if you were uh, connected, and uh, and then uh, you get involved in Chicago politics, and you decide to quit, and and now you get in that. Now you've been saying since for, on this show for over a year that there's a feud going on between the CIA. And Obama, then that would actually be a nice. Totally fits, right? It totally fits into that schema. Uh, I'd be interested in listening to this. Is if nothing else, it's highly entertaining. Well, there's something else going on that I remember. We brought this up on the show a while ago, and there's nothing on Wikipedia that I can find. But I keep reading about it, and this has to do with the CIA. The Bush and Clinton uh, crime family, as they're described on these websites, that I the only websites I can find. I mean, I put them in the show notes under elites, under the heading elitesnoagendashow.com, <clears throat> because um, you have to read it, and maybe it'll. Uh, I, I just need the help with the research. I just don't have the time with my my day job. And this is about the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand protocols, and. How do you Spell it. Wanted. Whiskey Alpha November Tango Alpha. And you can Google it a million times. You're still going to come up with the same websites, Tom Hennigan's website. But this this goes all the way up to 2010 to as recent as February 28th. Apparently, there was a fund which varies in size from $6 trillion to $25 trillion. This money is parked in Switzerland, in a Swiss bank. And this um, ambassador to some African nation, uh, Mr. Wanta, was given the combination. So he's the only person, apparently, who knows the numbers to get the money out. Um, but this money was supposed to revert back to the United States. And, it, and, and the, what you keep reading is, Wanta, Reagan, Mitterrand protocols blocked, blocked again. And, I, and I'm trying to understand what the hell this, this thing really is. It's very difficult, but the re, you read through it. It is fascinating to read these blogs 
um, and what people are trying to communicate. And I'd never heard of the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand protocol. And apparently, um, uh, a lot of this fund throughout the years has been uh, slushed away through um, things like the Child Defense Fund and all these these hokey fronts. And it all, according to all these articles, goes into the Bush Clinton crime syndicate pockets. But they connect um, Bernie Madoff to this protocol thing. And, and, I, and I'm trying to connect all of these dots and I can feel that there's something there. Maybe there isn't because it's so difficult to connect the dots, but there's a lot of things going on. Ambassador Wanta, W-A-N-T-A, please help me research this because as crazy as it sounds, my my gut is saying, need to look into it, need to find out. And, and it seems like this was some kind of agreement with France um, that this money was set aside and was supposed to come back. And by the way, if it really is the $27.5 trillion that is claimed, that would kind of solve some problems for us as the United States. This makes – what was the money taken out for to begin with? It and was like a, ra- like a rainy day fund. But anyway – it come it, from? I don't know, but it, it, you know, gold, who knows? I, I, this is what I'm trying to figure out. But, you know, Goldman Sachs is imp- – the, the gold tungsten swaparoo. Yeah. By the way, uh, did you read that they, uh, well, let me find it here for a second, do you, that they found uh, some more f- uh, fake gold? No, where did they find it this time? Yeah, hold on a second. It's, uh, it was a, uh, I think it was a, was that a German website that I found that it's on? It's like the most underreported story in the world. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about this. Hold on a second. Uh, where was the tungsten? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm sorry I'm not finding this real quick because it was. Well, that's okay. Well, there, uh, I thought it would be on uh, the my, financial. My experience with the tungsten stories is that you, you find them on the web. If you don't save page as, you'll never find them again. No, I have it in my show. Oh, here it is. German Pro Sieben TV. Finds 500 gram tungsten bar at W.C. Harris Gold Foundry. Story. Uh, this is Dateline, March 1st. German TV station ProSieben finds what appears to be some evocative proof of gold counterfeiting in the form of tungsten gold substitutes coming to the foundry, W.C. Harris which is the world's largest privately owned precious metals refiner and fabricator located in Hanau, located in Hanau Germany. The foundry has isolated at least one 500-gram tungsten bar due for melting, originating from a so far unnamed bank, which, as the head of the foundry stated, made the unpleasant discovery not all that glitters is gold. And there's a, a clip that you can look at. The, the audio is in German, but there's uh, English subtitles, and it does uh, corroborate. And they have a picture of this fake bar that they discovered. So, yeah, huh. underreported, yeah, uh, most certainly. Most certainly. Another interesting story came up this week. I just want to throw it in while you're getting uh, your wits about you. Mm-hmm. Did you read the story about the the the, in, the cop Adil Pol- Polanco in New York? 
It's in the blog. Go check out the blog, org slash blog, and look it up. He's, he's, he quits, saying, I'm not going to go out and arresting innocent people. I'm going to stop searching for people for no reason. I'm not going to keep writing people up for no reason. I'm tired of this, said this NYPD cop. Says one police plaza's obsession with keeping crime rates down has gotten out of control. He blames precinct commanders relentlessly relentlessly pressuring cops on the street to make more arrests for no reason, give out more summons, they'll show headquarters that they have a tight grip on their neighborhoods. Really? So there's nobody's policing anything. They're just, you know, writing everything up that they can. There's a good audio with the meetings where these guys are telling the cops really? to do that. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. That's Gitmo, man. I'll totally tell you. Gitmo. I'll tell you that uh, David Ike came out with a great article, and and David Ike, you know, a lot of people call him crazy. He's written a lot of books, and a lot of things he said have come true. Um, and I actually like his material. I think he's he's quite good until he gets to the end of his, his yeah, until his, he gets his, to the reptilian stuff. Well, yeah, he has uh, latched on to a story that we started reporting on a couple weeks ago about this uh, girl with Down syndrome who uh, came out in Scotland, who came out and said, hey, you know, wait a minute, uh, I've been sexually abused by my dad, by my brother, by these sheriffs, by these high-ranking uh, officials. And uh, David Icke has a great article uh, called The Fabric of the Web. And he goes into, well, let me just read a couple of, couple of lines from the, the opening of this article. You want me to send it to you on Skype for a second, John, so you can uh, yeah, sure. you read ahead a little bit faster, but for the audience, this is, this is huge, and it's taken me down a rabbit hole I don't like to venture in, but wow. Uh, I've had countless surprises and many shocks as I have lifted the stone and seen what horrors lie beneath, but few more than the scale of child abuse and Satanism. And that's the word scale. The fact that this is happening is one thing, but to realize how widespread and fundamental it is to establishment power all over the world was truly shocking. I've talked with people in the best part of 50 countries in my research of this subject, the abused, the insiders who know the abusers, and those who have dedicated their lives to exposing evil. Put it all together, the situation is as clear as can be. Pedophilia and Satanism are the cement that hold the establishment control structure together in every country. And these national networks connecting together to form a global network of pedophiles and Satanists all watching each other's backs while they continue to serve the control system. And let me tell you what he goes into. Uh, do you remember the uh, the horrible massacre at Dunblane in Scotland? Not really. Where, where this, this uh, so-called crazy guy uh, walked into a school and shot and killed 16 kids and a teacher? This was uh, 1999, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so this is one of these cases where Tony Blair decided that the evidence and the entire case needed to be sealed for 100 years. Because this guy, um, essentially the way David Icke asserts, had to go and kill these kids because they were going to talk about the abuse that was taking place. And he asserts, and he's got some excellent research that Scotland is pretty much the epicenter of these pedophile rings, these, you know, there's Satan, Satanist rituals where they're killing children. And he has the same links we've talked about, about um, uh, Bush Sr. Uh, and his, uh, and all of his uh, Boys Town USA trysts with uh, Lawrence King um, goes into, um, uh, so that's called the Franklin cover-up. Um, the only thing they don't mention is the Netherlands, which I have mentioned several times. And so I've put a couple of extra links 
into the show notes for you to investigate. Because I'll tell you the one thing, I'm not, I'm not afraid of saying anything on this show. The one thing I'm afraid of is this. Because this is the kind of thing where they're going to triangulate my iPhone and zap me from freaking outer space like they did with Michael Jackson. Because they do not want you to know that they, see, they're all blackmailable. This is the thing. It's like they, and, and all these people attract each other and they have gotten, over the years, they have gotten into very high positions all across the globe in politics and they bring each other in and they all have, they're all, you know, saying, hey, you know, you better shut up or uh, we'll tell about what you've been doing with kids or about all these, this weird shit you're doing. And uh, if people do start to talk, then they get killed. And believe me, the Bushes, the Clintons, the highest levels in the justice system, in the police system, it's rampant. It's all over the place. And one day it is going to come out. But I personally, I, I have a huge amount of respect for David Icke for, uh, for really going deep into this. And you should take a look at this. It's under the heading elites in the show notes at noagendashow.com. So why does he go? I'm looking at this thing now. I don't. It, he, he takes this thing over somehow to the Lockerbie bombing, but he doesn't. Oh, 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 oh that's great. No, that's great. Well, you, you have it's to, a connection there. I'm not getting it. Well, the, con- okay. It. The connection. The connection is that the Lockerbie bombing was actually um, a, a rogue CIA group that was smuggling drugs, and they were going to blow the whistle. And they had uh, who's they the. Uh, the uh, uh, I'll tell you who they are. Um, it's in this article. So there were like three people who were going to blow the, blow this wide open and say, you know, this is this is because cri- apparently a rogue CIA fraction was smuggling drugs on these Pan Am flights and you know, they're stopping off in weird places and and so this is how a lot of and, and there's tons of reports of uh, uh, heroin being found in Lockerbie, which of course was all you know hushed up. Um, but there were two people on the, it was about the people on the plane who were going to go and expose, um, uh, this group of, uh, rogue CIA agents who were part of this drug smuggling scam. And I guess that the, maybe they had something, he ties it in somehow to the, uh, to the child abuse, but it was basically mm-hmm. the same people hushed up that, that what that hushed up the Dunblane. Yeah, uh, I'm looking. I, <clears throat> listening to you and reading this is it's, it's. I don't know what it's flimsy. Yeah, but you, you got to follow a lot of links to get into it. But the whole Lockerbie thing, without a doubt, was fishy to start with. Oh yeah, no. And the reason they were, let the guy go is because obviously they had gotten. They, I think that's pretty obvious that they wouldn't have ever let that guy go if they, you know, if he'd actually done anything. Uh, so, I mean, it's just that's the whole thing is extremely sketchy. There was a lot of early reporting on the Lockerbie thing, and they really pinned it on uh, some other terrorist group. And they I mean, with lots of good evidence. And then most of that's slowly dissip- dissipated as we wanted to stick Libya with the with it. And then uh, then they let the guy go. So but, but it was the guy. OK, this is the connection. It was uh, one of the high ranking officials because Lockerbie's in Scotland, one of the high ranking officials who covered up the Lockerbie bombing, the truth behind it, who also covered up a lot of these pedophile rings. you got to go way down to the bottom of the article. There's a couple more links. One is uh, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown named as pedophile. Um, Then there's uh, one about Alex Salmon, leader of the Scottish Parliament, established pedophile networks, how they operate. 
that actually is about the Franklin cover-up. I mean, it's it's really fascinating, frightening stuff. And it makes so much sense because this is why whenever they want to shut us up and shut us down, and of course now the the ACTA, the... Uh, the Copyright Act, which is going to be a global way of shutting down free speech on the Internet, is all about saving the children and the pedophiles. You know, they know exactly what they're doing because they are the ones guilty of it. That's why they use it to make themselves yeah, no, look I good. I think the idea of, of, of you know, the, some of these new uh, WIPO, the World Intellectual Property Organization uh, treaties, which are, we're subscribing to in the United States, and some of these other kinds of uh, onerous uh, censorship things that are trying to get to, uh, is obviously there's a reason for it other than, I mean, censorship for, at, you know, at what level and what for what purpose. In China, you can kind of imagine it's because the Chinese are freaky about, you know, managing all those, the, the huge population and they don't need troublemaking getting on the internet but there's this is not the, the rationale for this in uh, the western countries is, is sketchy and but according- I, you know i don't know and it, i i think you're right it's a, it's a topic that probably should be avoided yeah because this this is the absolute way to get two to the head real quick well, with that said how come ike hasn't been killed well he just started this one he just started on this and i i pray for the guy but, you know, the the good news is, I mean, I'm, it, it always reminds me of, the, oh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you all these things about flying saucers that nobody can talk about because they're, they're going to kill you. And he no, and the guy no, no, goes no, on no, for no, a 10 no. year tour. No, the good news is this is why I am the crackpot, because they can just say the guy's a crackpot. You're a crackpot. You know, that's the easiest way. You're going to get me killed then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pro- uh, let's not do that, because who else is going to read the donation list? <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, no, the, the topic is interesting and it's uh, um, whatever. OK, anything else? Jeez, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we can read well, this link here's, on your own Here's time. my favorite that came in earlier. So, of course, uh, some European news. Greece is still in the middle of, uh, you know, of, a, of a huge crisis because they are like the California of Europe. You know, they're broke. And, uh, and you know, who's going to have to bail them out? The other rich countries, the big ones being France and Germany. So according to BBC, um, <laughs> uh, allies, political allies of German Chancellor Angela Merkel says, here's what Greece should do. They should consider selling some of their islands. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which I think is, this is how it works. This is exactly how it works. We bankrupt you, and as well known now and documented. This is the old. This is the old in for uh, the economic hitman approach. This is exactly it, and it's documented that Goldman Sachs uh, helped them cover up their uh, their losses. Um, Goldman Sachs actually is to this day. Lots of links in the show notes is helping countries um, hedge bets against the euro and against other sovereign debt. So they're all, now these are countries who are betting in the financial markets against each other. And Goldman Sachs is facilitating all of this. It's credit default swaps. It's funny. It's just funny. And now we have Iceland, which, uh, you know, we've kind of stayed away from, but they're going to hold a referendum. Um, I think it may be even tomorrow, uh, and, you know, because what happened is the banks there, which, you know, were operating as private banks, they lost everything, blew out all this money. The Dutch and the, and the, and the, uh, British governments paid the people th- their losses and then went to Iceland and said, well, 
now the the people of Iceland are going to have to pay. And so Iceland is struggling. This pure little, poor little country is trying to get out from under this. This is the true economic hitman because you know, the Dutch and the British will own Iceland. They're just going to take <laughs> over the whole country. Like, thank you. We own you. Shut up, <laughs> slaves. And it's, well, it's really happening. Puffing. It's really, really happening. a lot of puffing. From the... Uh, Oh, I get to play it, I guess. We told you so on no agenda. Recall of Nissan cars. There's this there's the second sh- there's the other shoe dropping on uh, screw you Japan, shut up about our debt after the Toyota recall. Now Nissan's recalling or is being forced to recall. So it has nothing. And you know, it's just crazy. I uh, had dinner uh, the other night with a PR executive for uh, Lexus and I laid out and laid it out right I said you know what this is I, I I literally threw a crackpot no agenda at him I said this is just the U.S. government telling Japan to shut up and buy our debt and don't mess with it and he said absolutely he says flat out he said <laughs> you're absolutely right he said I can show you all the other uh, you know accelerator issues with with American cars this you know this does happen this is absolutely a whole big political thing yeah I think you're right by the way you know, the one oh, sorry the one thing you didn't mention was uh you know, talking about the earthquake machine earlier was uh, the fact that Taiwan had an earthquake hit just after they did a deal. One of our uh, producers pointed this out after they just just after they did a deal to get arms from the U.S. uh, And so then they get hit with a quake. There's a lot of quakes right in a row here. We told you so. (laughs) Yeah. Or as we say, coincidence, I think not. Of course not. I'm not buying it completely, but I like it. Uh, couple so of ma- one co- of the things- I was going to do a couple of magic numbers just as a little uh, little intermezzo. Uh, go. Copper price after the Chile earthquake, as you know, the uh, the mines had to close, and of course, these mines are have huge investments from uh, the Chinese. Current price after the quake three dollars and thirty three cents a pound. And- <laughs> And another news report, which just proves our lucky numbers are always on the on the on the money. Uh, in what has become a familiar pattern, they even say it right off the bat: a third suicide bomber, dressed as a police officer, detonated his bomb in the middle of a crowded hospital ward in Iraq. Thirty casualties. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better. It's unbelievable. The, because these numbers, they stick with people, and somehow they have some magical power, and no, maybe I people think it's believe code. it. Yeah, well, I think code, here, maybe. 30 casualties. Okay, now you're supposed to read this article, and you use words 1, 5, 14. You know, it's I think like, it's like, a, is, like a quarterback. I think it's basically, I think it's. A, I think you see the word 30, and that means there may be something in there, some information you need as a field agent to go do something. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good point. From the... Sorry, I jumped the gun on it? you. A Monsanto? I, I, have from I don't the, think it's from the Monsanto field. No, I have something from the Monsanto files for Europe. I'm over in Europe, man. There's all kinds of cool news. The European Commission, that's Starfleet, Starfleet Command to you and I, began a new push Tuesday to allow farmers in Europe to grow more bio crops, clearing a genetically modified potato 
For cultivation, despite persistent public opposition to the technology, this potato produced by BASF, the same people who brought you Zyklone, I believe. What the hell do you need a new potato for? There's thousands of varieties. We have to kill you. In the first There's step, something like 10,000 varieties of potato in Peru alone, something like this. Some fir- ridiculous number. In the first step in more than a decade, the commission approved the Amflora potato. Produ- <laughs> it even sounds bad. Produced by it the German terrible. company BASF, also known for their audio tapes, for cultivation inside the 27-country European Union. Can you believe it? it and we, we could see the potatoes planted in Europe as soon as next month. Oh, this is not good. The potato is engineered to be unusually rich in a starch suitable for making glossy paper and other products as well as for feeding animals. Bad, bad, bad. Currently, the only other biotech crop grown in Europe is a type of corn approved by... Do I have to say it? Monsanto. Did you call this Starfleet what? Uh, the European Commission I call Starfleet Command. Oh, no, it should be the Starfleet Enema Command. <laughs> so this is, I mean, uh, genetically modified food, uh, illegal and outlawed in Gitmo Nation East, in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, ever since that fine Lisbon Treaty, which was rammed down your throat and extracted through your anal cavity, this is what you get. Hence Starfleet Enema. And, of course, we have our friend uh, Nigel Farage, who uh, called the president of uh, the United States of Europe a dish rag uh, and uh, called the uh, the nation of Belgium a non-country. Well, he got spanked. And uh, I have, uh, I'll put the... By PD- the queen? No, he got spanked by the the Polish guy, the president of Starfleet Command, and uh, well, here's uh, here's Nigel Farage to tell you exactly what's. Well, today I was off to the headmaster study at twelve o'clock high noon to see the president of the European Parliament to talk about my intervention in the debate last week with European President Herman Van Rompuy. We talked about free speech, and I told him that I thought the limits of free speech were the incitement of violence, not the expression of a political opinion within what is supposed to be a parliament. He said that wasn't good enough, and what I had to do was to apologise. I had to apologise to Herman Van Rompuy. I had to apologise to the European Parliament, and I had to apologise to the state of Belgium. Well, I made it clear to him that I wasn't prepared to apologise to any of them, but I would issue a full apology to bank clerks worldwide, just in case I'd offended any of them. Well, he didn't take very long to decide what he would do, and just in the last few minutes I'd been told that I'm going to be fined, the maximum fine that they're allowed to fine us under the parliamentary rules. I'm being fined €2,980. Free speech in the European Parliament is very expensive. €3,000 for a damn rag. So that was his, uh, his public YouTube uh, statement. But something a little more interesting is what he said on a uh, Kibwe Nation East, uh, I, forget, I don't know if it was a television show, probably a television show. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go past a little bit of the setup because I want you to hear, I'm just going to drop in the middle of it here because he actually explains the real outrage was not about calling that uh, Van Rompuy uh, a dish rag with the appearance of uh, a low-level bank clerk. 
but is really about Belgium and why is, uh, is what is interesting to hear him talk about. A referendum on the Lisbon Treaty. So my point yesterday was to register an objection on behalf of all of us who believe we should at least have had the chance right. to vote for whether that man should have the position and or not. And you don't regret the language you used? Oh, look, compared with the Westminster Parliament... No, no, I'm asking you whether you I'm, regret no, saying I, of somebody that he I, has the appearance of a low-grade bank clerk. Certainly You'll don't. be losing the low-grade bank clerk's vote, won't you, at the next election? Well, I accept that, David. You can't please all of the people all of the time. But let me explain what they're really upset about and why the Prime Minister of Belgium tonight is demanding that some sort of disciplinary action is taken against me. Belgium, Belgium, I mean, the country was an artificial construction and we're now at a point where the Flems and the Walloons are barely on speaking terms. For nine months of last year, there wasn't even a government in Belgium. Now, Belgium is a prototype for the entire European Union. Belgium is going to split. It'll do it within the next few years. The Flems want their own independent free state. And when you criticise Belgium, you criticise the flawed European Union model. And that's why right. I'm really upset with me. Janet, Janet Street Porter. You see? Because that's exactly what they want it to be. They want all of these countries to be non-countries and just shut up and listen to, to Brussels. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think, dude, I'm right on. I'm right on with him. What a, what a interesting guy. Yeah, the problem is, you know, you end up with, uh, I mean, it sounds good. I mean, I don't, you know, this is again, this world government approach to things where, you, you know, if you can just get everybody to kind of stop being ethnically anything and just listen to a central uh, source of, of authority uh, in worldwide, hopefully, uh, we won't have any more wars or any problems that they're going to, you know, cause. Which a lot of people buy into because it sounds oh, very kumbaya do. and you think, yeah, a that's going to be great. People, yeah. Lots and lots. Nobody but, listens but to doesn't, this show. Doesn't history, yeah, thank you. Doesn't history show that that is not the way it will work out? No, it always ends up balkanizing. It ends up like Yugoslavia. They always end up splitting up, and you always end up with these like these Bosnian conflicts. You always end up with ethnic cleansing. You always end up with this sort of McCoy Hatfield hatred because of you know somebody's granddad, especially in Europe where they have a long memory and they make sure to have a long memory, or even in parts of Asia where they have a long memory because they've been trained since the days where they, they their history was passed on just by by discussion. Uh, you end up with a bunch of people killing each other in minor civil wars, and, and then that's where I think you're going to have a, a, nu a nuke exchange because somebody's going to get a hold of one of these bombs and they're going to be irked about something. And people think they're always, you know, why one part of the country will get more money than another part of the country? There's this inner, you know, this jealousy, then uh, there's separation of poor and rich. And I mean, there's just a million things that make this not work. It's actually better to have. Countries with really strong borders and 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 personal identities that can stand alone if they have to. They, you can't do that if you outsource everything and you 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 make one part of the world just all the manufacturing, another part of the world's all the bankers, another part of the world you know uh, grows grass, and another part of the world you know grows uh, phony potatoes. Which, by the and way, is exactly what is going to happen. As our dollar will probably be devalued by thirty percent before by the end of this year. And a lot of farmers are going to go out of business in the United States. They're just going to ship it in from other places and just make more and more money. 
And it's well, going to be all. They're in- shipping in right now. I went to Monterey Foods the other day, which is our local uh, market that has mostly produce. And uh, I mean, almost everything was from Mexico. And uh, there's Whole, a- food, she- Whole Foods, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Whole Foods. Half of their stuff is from Mexico. You got you look yeah. at you know this organic stuff. Yeah, right. Big scam. You look at the bottom. It's all from Mexico. It's all from Mexico. Yeah, we don't do any double cropping here in the, in the California, even though, I mean, what they've done in California to make Mexico happen so well, and I hate to, and I'm not going to, it's not a conspiracy thing, but it seems to me is that the liberals who run this state uh, have done everything they can to cut the water off from the Central Valley, and the farmers are du- literally dying of starvation, and and meanwhile, the stuff is flowing in from Mexico like there's no tomorrow, and a lot of it could be grown here, and we lost a couple of crop seasons because of this supposedly the delta smelt a little bitty fish is being protected and you can't you know run the water like we always used to do down the valley into the farms so they're letting them dry up so the whole central valley is starting to look like the owens valley which is the creepiest place in the world used to be a rich agricultural area they diverted the water so los angelinos like you uh, could have a have a glass hey of water once in a while hey man, and keep hey man, their don't, pools don't, don't full and me. keep their lawns green and don't do all these me. Based things, <laughs> you know, so they can, and so it's basically starting out Owens Valley. So anyone flying from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, or even from Las Vegas to some other parts, passing over the Owens Valley, can look down at what's a out and out desert and still see outlines of where the farms once were that are all now deserted and abandoned because of the water situation. I'm guilty. It's always been a political thing in California, and now it's being done to keep the so Mexican produce comes in because you can do it cheaper down there, and you can you know just you can make you can literally grow a bell pepper this is here you have to ask yourself about this you can grow a bell pepper someplace in the middle of nowhere mexico and truck it all the way this one bell pepper all the way to berkeley and put it in the store and sell it for a buck 19 uh it's just the stupidest thing i've ever seen i'm so sorry about my swimming pool hold on let me let me take care of myself Well, I already played your pet peeve of the day, so yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Do two I can't, pet I can't peeves. I actually had three today. Yeah. Um, before by we start- the way, I'm not buying into your thinking that the dollar is going to be developed by 30. percent I think this whole thing's a scam. The European, uh, you should listen to yesterday's uh, uh, Dvorak Horowitz. We talk about this. Europe is essentially bankrupt. The British, uh, the UK is down the tubes. Greek, the Greece thing is a fake. The whole thing's a scam. And the, if anything's going to happen, the dollar is going to go up in value. So you can listen to that at noagendastream.com. The new episode, episode 55, I believe, is up of uh, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. And I have not had a chance to listen to it, but I will. And I'm very interested to hear about uh, the Greek thing being a scam. Another scam, which uh, luckily is now being brought to the attention of the American people, is the fact that the Department of Homeland Security für das Hinterland in America has 200,000 contractors they're paying. Uh, I wanted to do this story. Good one. 200,000 contractors. But wait, Adam, how many employees do they have on top of that? I'm just going to guess. I'm just going to say they probably have half a million. No, they have 180,000 employees and more contractors than employees. So it's almost half a million altogether, right? Well, it's three, 300, you know, so it's almost 400,000. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. More And these contractors, here's a little something from uh, WLS. We've outsourced our homeland security. Yes. Well, listen to what's happening in Afghanistan. This is about the uh, horrible death of Lance Corporal Josh, Josh Birchfield, field, who was uh, shot to death by private security contractors hired by the U.S. government in Afghanistan. Listen to the circumstances. A U.S. Marine from northern Indiana was killed in Afghanistan, and tonight the ABC7i team has learned that defense officials are investigating whether Lance Corporal Josh Birchfield was shot to death by private security contractors, contractors hired by the U.S. government. Good evening. Birchfield's fellow Marines say those Afghan guards were high on opium at the time. There you go. High on opium. In other words, heroin. Poppies. It could be opium straight up. Red gold. (laughs) Big H. Texas tea. (laughs) The white pony. (laughs) Our drug references are so bad. There's a couple of canonical lists of, of, of drug references. We should get a couple of them and just start rattling them off. Would you so like I, to, so, uh, yeah. Well, if you're going to talk about Afghanistan for a minute, oh man, we're already, yeah, we're, I know we're crazy over time. I know. Hey, people are getting their money's worth. Yeah, that's true. Make sure that no agenda show.com and divorce.org slash NA. I feel a little better about it if we get some uh, good donations this week, because we are closing the no agenda stream donations. Uh, as soon as the show uh, posts. All right, you, uh, do you, want, do you have a whole bunch of clips left. I, I, we... I, I, well, I wanted to play a couple of them. Charlie Rose uh, had Petraeus on his show. Now, on for those the... who don't know, Charlie Rose is the intelligent talk show on uh, PBS, another national treasure, which uh, survives uh, by the uh, by donations of viewers and oh, let me see, like companies you. like uh, and General Electric and Archer Daniel Midland's all the company, rest of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them, right? And Charlie Rose. I, I didn't think about it until I listened to these two clips. You're gonna. This is gonna take a few minutes, but first, Petraeus talks about leaving Afghanistan, and Rose starts to guide him into what to say, as though Rose, Rose has been pre-briefed, and I actually think he is actually briefed on what to, how, these things are almost close to being rehearsed and you can tell when you listen to the way the conversation goes especially the so second part explain of who Petraeus is for those who Petraeus don't know. is the head honcho general that runs everything and he's the over McChrystal and he's the one that's in, in the you know essentially he's the top guy right now that that has that runs Iraq and uh, Afghan wars and I find the guy I've never seen him speak before and you and I f- saw him on this show I have to take some photos of the screen some screenshots of it this guy has got some problems I mean, I thought McChrystal was a nutcase, but this guy, he comes on the show. He's got his four giant stars on a special uniform. Generals get to design their own uniform. So whatever they're wearing, they, you know, it's official. And all and that this- stuff is very important, by the way. We should deconstruct uniforms one of these days because symbols have very deep, mysterious meaning that we probably don't know enough about. Now, we could have a uh, – the general could come on a civilian show wearing a, uh, a suit, an Armani suit, and if he wanted to be <laughs> making an official uniform, he could have four stars embroidered on one of the collars, and he could wear maybe one or two of his pins that he thinks is extremely important. He could do anything he wants, but instead, he comes out, and I swear to God, he looks like a two-bit general in Ecuador. He's got a million little pins on one side. He's got 
badges and stickers, and he's got a, a big <laughs> name tag that's made out of black plastic that is drilled out Petraeus. Hey, he you doesn't know, have doesn't a no have agenda a- night ring, though. It's unbelievable. He is wearing so much swag. It's, it's just hanging off of him. He's got so much crap hanging off of him. All I was missing was the big giant hat with the, you know, a bunch <laughs> the of crap Puba, on it. The Puba hat, like uh, I mean, Karzai. he looked like a South American stooge. It was unbelievable, and he's given us all this talk. I was disgusted by his, uh, by his outfit, to be honest about it. And the military knows you don't have to come out in, in this situation in a civilian show on PBS dressed like a you know this ridiculous character with all this garbage hanging off of you I mean yeah okay he's, he, wait he's got and I use the word garbage because I can't believe that every one of those pins that he's wearing is for some famous battle or something can he I did. play it's the like, clip can I play the clip honey you, you need to calm down here comes leaving the, Afghanistan here comes the clip what happened during the review that convinced the president to make the decisions that he did. Give us a sense, not so much inside the president's mind, but that as well. What conclusions did most people sitting at the table come to? Well, I think, first of all, it was a very productive process. And, you know, at the time there was, oh, gosh. Sorry? Is this the right clip? Is this leaving Afghanistan or Charlie Rose guiding Petraeus? I'm sorry. Wrong one. Yeah. You're right. Here we go. And that is the initial operation of a 12 to 18 month campaign plan that General McChrystal and his team have sketched out together with the civil military uh, effort. And that is the operation in Marja, actually in Central Helmand, because right, it's right, a bit right, larger right. than Marja itself. But that has Marja just the beginning. It is. It is. And that so that's the initial operation of this campaign plan. That's the first output, if you will, and still in the very early stages is still. And this, of course, was just to go and really uh, have have all the the poppy fields under their control in Marja, right? Well, that's probably true. Just a couple of weeks into it. And this will stretch out, as I said, over the next 18 months or so. And, of course, at the end of that, we're looking at that date that the president announced uh, as the point at which we begin, begin, begin a conditions-based transition of some tasks. That was total NLP, by the way. Begin, begin, begin. Three times begin. Yep. That was total neuro-linguistic programming. Let's do it again. A conditions-based uh, transition of some tasks to Afghan security forces and begin this responsible uh, uh, Why was drawdown. it necessary to set a date? Uh, I think the president was trying okay, to convey back, two back, messages. Back, you missed it. I did. I'm sorry. At that but date, back, the president way, announced... Back it up a little more. He's going to... He, this is where you, I started picking up on Rose, uh, obviously, doing presidential talking points. He asked him out of the blue just specifically, why is it important to set a date, which is, of course, a counter to the what the Republicans like to say. Well, you set a date, and then the, all the, you know, the other guys... Yeah, then they, everyone they knows the when you're is. leaving, right. But they don't even mention that, by the way. But it's just one of these leading questions that it just looked like it was a talking point thing to me. But the begin, begin, begin thing is quite good. And this will stretch out, as I said, over the next 18 months or so. And, of course, at the end of that, we're looking at that date that the president announced uh, as the point at which we begin, begin, begin a conditions-based transition of some tasks to Afghanistan. Wait a minute. Was that Rose doing the second begin? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
It yeah, was that's like, why it works oh my so well. God, it's amazing. Begin, 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 begin. When will it begin? Begin, begin, begin. Shut up, slave. It will begin. The point at which we begin, begin, begin a conditions-based uh, transition of some tasks to Afghan security forces and begin this responsible uh, uh, Why was drawdown. it necessary to set a date? Uh, I think the president was trying to convey two messages, and I think they were, they were equally important. One is a message of substantially increased commitment. This is the additional forces, civilians, money, uh, and so on. And then there was also a message of urgency. And I think that was important to send. That was not just uh, a domestic political uh, audience uh, device. It was an audience this in Kabul. This was an audience in Kabul. This is an audience in, in some other areas that we've got to get on with this. It might be an audience in uniform, right. you know, that we've got to get on with it. Oh, man. So, okay, now, so we get to the second half, and this goes on forever, so, so, by the way. So, should we, should, John, John, should we maybe save this for Sunday? Because well, I, no, because it, 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 it's too, you, right now you're, you're hearing, Rose, you're going to have to run it. We're just going to have to go over time. This will be the last uh, Affiliates, would you hang on because we're going to be going overtime on the show? <laughs> yes, this is a, um, uh, <laughs> I remember that. This is a message to the No Agenda affiliates, those of you rebroadcasting us on streams and on low-powered transmitters and high-powered transmitters around the globe. Please hold off your local news. Uh, we'll be going over time. It's uh, critical we do this. Uh, and because because you you got the rose voice going, you're hearing the neuro linguistic stuff now. Petraea seems to drop the ball here. Uh, probably he's getting so tired from trying to sit up straight with all that crap on him, and he is going <laughs> to uh, be led by the nose uh, with by Rose. Rose by the nose. What happened during the review that convinced the president to make the decisions that he did? Give us a sense, not so much inside the president's mind, but that as well. What conclusions did most people sitting at the table come to? Well, I think, first of all, it was a very productive process. And, you know, at the time there was, oh, gosh, this has taken a long time. I, I, I thought this was terrific, actually. I mean, this is a process where the president himself had, I think it was nine or ten engagements, some of which were over two hours long. I mean, there's one, I think, approached three hours. That's in a huge investment of time. The result was, though, everyone really having a common understanding of what the objectives were after really batting around these objectives and asking, are we asking something that's beyond uh, realization? Uh, are we really trying to create Switzerland and Afghanistan? This kind of thing. And, and so there was a refinement of objectives. There was a common understanding of how best to achieve that. And I think at the end of the day, the president was convinced that the best way to achieve that was this comprehensive civil military campaign plan uh, okay. that was laid out and that required those additional resources. But before that, he had to be convinced of two things. Number one, that well, Charlie Rose was there. He had like some inside information. He knew what the president needed to have. Whatever the goal was, it was achievable. And secondly, it was something that was in the American national interest. Sufficient heroin to put American men and women at risk. Yeah. Well, let's never forget why we're there. And, exactly. you know, That's it is question. important to recall, and this was recalled a number of different times, uh, if you will, the core objective in Afghanistan is to make sure that that country does not once again become a sanctuary or safe haven for al-Qaeda or other transnational extremists, re- realizing that those 9-11 attacks were planned in Kandahar, the initial oh, turning of the... What? 
Hello? Planned in Kandahar? Yeah. They're making it up as they go and, along I mean, now. literally. They're changing just, the narrative. This is like an improv session. This is like actors on the stage just making shit up as they go along. It's it, unbelievable. Let's never forget the 9-11 attacks were planned in Kandahar. Oh, my God. I oh remember when we attacked. It was to go get uh, Bin Osama Laden. Bin Laden. Yeah. No, it was all planned in Kandahar. By the way, but Laden's not mentioned at all in the interview that I can recall. <laughs> hey, Mickey, I'm sorry. We... What? And we we got one more thing to mention. We do have a picture of Petraeus's outfit with some of his badges, not let, all of them. Let, let, let me just mention a few of them. Joint Meritorious Unit Award, Army Superior Unit Award, Army Meritorious Unit Commendation, Master Parachutist, Air Assault Badge. Is this guy insecure? I mean, I don't want a general like this. Wait, wait, wait. I don't he, want a general that's he this insecure. <laughs> He's got to put all these this, all this armor on. <laughs> he actually has a award. Uh, defense Superior. <laughs> this guy, I bet when he was a kid, when he was in high school, had a big keychain. He had a big he was a hall he had all kinds of little Olympic pins all a over hall himself. Hall monitor. All right, John, we got to stop this. Okay, Wait. now I want to say, okay, we're going to end the show. I won't be able to do the Leno thing today. We can do it on Sunday. I do want to play after the show's over. We got a, uh, we got something that's just a little too topical not to let go, but it is the end of the show. After the music's play, I'm going to play Sarah Palin's stand up. Because apparently Leno interviewed her and said she wants to do stand-up. So he introduced her as a stand-up comic. She does about f four minutes. And it's it's moderately humorous, but it's an interesting thing for some Politico to do. So that's going to be it for this week. Sorry it took, uh, took so long. You know, we really need to reorganize our calendars and do a third show or something. Because this is out of hand. I haven't eaten for eight hours. Between between <laughs> nobody this, it's, complains. It's eight thirty now. I, I have I've been eating since lunch. This is crazy. <laughs> this is nuts. All right, noagendashow.com, dvorak.org slash na, channel dvorak.com slash na for your donations. I think we've deserved it today. Uh, coming to you from Gibbon Nation Lowlands from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back with you once again, maybe a little shorter. It'll happen on Sunday. Join us Better. for early service right here on No Agenda. Gentlemen, I'm very excited, Kev. We have a new comedian on the show tonight. Really? She's from Wasilla, Alaska. Oh, yeah. Making her comedy de de debut. Please welcome Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. This is a thrill of a lifetime, really. And Alaska being so different from Los Angeles. Here, when people have a frozen look on their face, I find out it's Botox. <laughs> it is so beautiful here, though. So warm, beautiful. Back home, ooh, it was, it was freezing. It was five degrees below Congress's approval rating. <laughs> show. Oh, what an amazing athlete. I watched him do a double McTwist 1260, and the only other people to do a double McTwist 1260 was, last week, the White House on health care. <laughs> it was 
same show as Sean White. Last time I was this close to the flying tomato was when someone threw one at me at a book signing. And they did, it's true. Not funny, it's true. I watched the Winter Olympics skiing, fighting on the ice, skating, bobsledding. In Alaska, that's our morning commute. that amazing closing ceremony. It was beautiful. The minute I saw the giant moose, I remembered hadn't cooked anything for the kids' dinner. (laughs) And that's because I've been really busy. And I have been really busy. Picked up a gig in Las Vegas at the Legend Show playing Tina Fey. (laughs) And next, next I get to headline. I'll be the speaker at the NRA convention. So be there or else. The truth is, though, I'm glad that I'm not vice president. I'm glad because I would not know what to do with all that free time. (laughs) But, Jay, thank you so much for inviting me. I saw where it's been a few weeks of unfair, nonstop criticism. People who don't know the real story. And I just say, Jay, welcome to my world. All right, Sarah Palin. Thank you, Sarah. Good to see you. Douchebag.